baseline, underneath, bank shot. No, Ewing slams in the follow. And the Knicks go up by one with 26 seconds remaining. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The buzzer sounds, and the New York Knickerbockers are going back to the NBA Finals. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Danielle McCartney. Sports fans, I'm Daniel McCartan. McCartan, before midnight, I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up to 1 a.m. on this late Saturday night. Or we'll be going into the early hours of Sunday morning here in New York City and beyond. And you know, whatever you're doing at the moment, I uh, appreciate you tuning into the show right now throughout the next of the four plus hours. Whether that be on your car radio, leaving the Barclays Center, or maybe streaming from WFAN.com or on that free Odyssey app. So, of course, we're here in the in the Big Apple. Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio, the Cardinal Roberts studio here in Lower Manhattan. So go ahead, start dialing 877-337-6666. We'll take your calls, hopefully right here in the first segment, if not right on the other side of 9 p.m. So get aboard with your best well-thought-out takes only, please. We've got a couple things going on live Maybe you've got me on the radio in the, the Royal Rumble, the WWE Royal Rumble on TV. Uh, I don't have that on because I don't have Peacock and I am doing a show. So Paul is going to keep you updated on that. We were watching it before. Paul, what number are we into the, the Royal Rumble here? 20. Number 20. 20 is 21. All right. You know, there's 30 contestants. So uh, contestants, fighters, wh- whatever you want to call We were talking before about how... When we were kids, we thought, like, wrestling was real, real. Like, real. And I was Stone Cold Steve Austin one year for Halloween. My brother was Mankind. And uh, just, I don't know, it's just bringing back memories, uh, watching that before in there with him. But um, also live is the New York Islanders against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, the Golden Knights have come into our area. They lost to the Devils in overtime. They got crushed by the Rangers. Now they're trying their luck against the Islanders. But unfortunately for them, the Islanders lead them 1-0. And uh, Anders Lee, he scored pretty much right at the beginning of the second period. So um, 1-0 Islanders. And I'll keep you updated as best I can. I have it on in the studio here. So with one eye, I'll be watching that. The Islanders in their navy blue. And the Vegas Golden Knights wearing their white jerseys. I like the white ones, I have to say. I, I don't love the blue. It's the fisherman jerseys I think the Islanders have on. I, I don't like them. <laughs> I like the white ones. Those are, those are cool looking. But, uh, you know, also, too, unfortunately, the, uh, the Giants are not playing in that NFC Championship game tomorrow. And there is a ton to dissect about the Giants' you know, postseason press conference that happened on Monday. Joe Shane, Brian Dable, um it was on Monday. Yeah, I think it was. Monday afternoon. So we're also going to go down a little bit down memory lane here tonight because I am excited to tell you that in the 12 a.m. hour, I've got a very special guest for you. As I sit here in my Super Bowl 42 Michael Strahan jersey, my f- guest tonight for you is none other than Coach Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin joins us in the 12 a.m. hour. So also got some baseball for you tonight. So settle in. We're going to be together a lot tonight, you and me, so settle in and let's get going. And, um, you know, coming on after the Knicks and Nets game, I mean, 
it is what it is, right? So the Nets have now won nine straight games, asserting their dominance over the New York Knicks. Sixth straight in the borough of Brooklyn, and it was raining threes at the Barclays Center. Raining threes. Um, we've seen a lot of rain here. You know, it hasn't really been sunny, but it was raining tonight. Still, Silly joke, I know. But the Nets hit a season-high three-pointers. And I'll tell you what. When I saw, it was early in the game. I don't know if it was the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. It was early, though. I saw Kyrie Irving diving on the ground between two Knicks for a loose ball. And I could have told you then that the Nets were going to win this game. That is the uh, Kevin Durant diving on the floor months ago effect on this team. And what we've been saying for how many months here now, if the Nets play even a little bit of defense, they're going to be aight. So the Nets' largest lead was 19 tonight, but the Knicks closed it out to three, closed it down to three, with about three minutes to go in the game, and they ended up coming up short. It was exciting at the end. They did make it a little bit of a game at the end, um, but you know that being despite multiple full-court presses in the closing, whatever, 60, 90 seconds or so. But the New York Jets on Thursday afternoon put on a full-court press of their own. See what I did there? The Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett on Thursday. The Aaron Rodgers' former offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. And the headline that day might as well have read, Jets hire... I should get Carton's uh, bullhorn if that's in here. The Jets hire Rodgers' former offensive coordinator in obvious attempt to lure the quarterback to New York. You know, we've had this discussion in the past couple of weeks right here on this radio station. Who's going to be the quarterback of the Jets next year? Because the quarterback of the Jets is not currently on their roster. And I always considered, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers to be in their own upper echelon of quarterback talent. Unattainable for the New York Jets. And that's why... When this discussion came up over the past couple weeks, I, I automatically slid down to like the next best tier of those uh, available free agent quarterbacks when we've talked about it, right? Um, remember, my recommendation was Jimmy Garoppolo over Derek Carr. And the the main problem I have with Derek Carr, not about his durability, he's a durable quarterback, yes. The main knock I have against Derek Carr is that he has not won a game where the temperature at kickoff is at or below 37 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not going to work here in New Jersey. And you know what? In saying all that and quibbling and squabbling on the phone with the callers over Garoppolo or Mayfield or Carr and others, I did not realize that this Jets team would or even could actually be shopping on 5th Ave in those flagship stores, not in those department stores. So that's my mistake. This Nathaniel Hackett hiring has completely flipped my viewpoint on who the next quarterback of the Jets should be. And it's really that easy. It's Aaron Rodgers. The answer to the test is Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's like that. Using the fashion example, Aaron Rodgers is like that that little black dress. It's the item that never goes out of style. Classic, no matter the generation. So Aaron Rodgers, 
is or could be that little black jet dress for the New York Jets who find themselves shopping on Fifth Avenue for a change on Via del Corso or Rodea Drive at 265 Lombardi Avenue in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And you know what? The Jets have done it before. I'm Daniel McCartan. We'll talk about that next here right on the other side of the 9 p.m. break. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets, for the first time in 15 years, are champions of the National League. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. McCartan and oh and where were we oh yeah talking about Aaron Rodgers and the potential fit with the New York Jets and I had just likened the fact like into the the example here that the Jets in, in, in pursuing potentially pursuing Aaron Rodgers are like shopping on Fifth Avenue not the department stores not the big box chains they're going right to the flagship store and it's not the first time that the New York Jets have knocked on the doors of 265 Lombardi Avenue in Green Bay, Wisconsin. They've done it before in my lifetime. The similarities and the buildup. And the Golden Knights just tied it up, by the way. 1-1 at UBS. I didn't catch who who scored. Sorry about that. But it is 1-1 with 3.52 left in the second period. The similarities between the buildup of the Brett Favre situation then... And the Aaron Rodgers situation now are kind of eerie. In both situations, the same owner, Woody Johnson, was missing, looking for that missing piece. A veteran, a proven quarterback to lead the team to a Super Bowl victory. In both situations, Johnson looked to Green Bay for the solution. In both situations, the Jets had a third-year head coach. Then and now, in both situations, the quarterback would be a major draw to bring fans out to the stadium, to put fannies in the seats. And in both situations, the quarterback, 39 years old. And again, in both situations, the quarterback would enter or join the Jets with one Super Bowl ring in his jewelry box. The difference? Well, when Brett Favre was brought in to quarterback the New York Jets when he did, the Jets made the playoffs four times in the eight years leading up to his arrival. So not much of a drought, right? Here's the difference with Aaron Rodgers potentially coming in for the start of this upcoming season. As it stands now, the Jets have the longest playoff drought in the league by far. They have not been in the playoffs, the New York Jets, in 12 years. You tell me that Woody Johnson does not have the full court press on for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and by the way, it's that same Woody Johnson who said at the time that Favre, this is a quote, changed the atmosphere in the building 
Favre made it fun to come to work. So from that Woody to Damian Woody, who recalled, quote, I think we were a Super Bowl team. I really do. That team, we were good enough to win a Super Bowl. End quote. And I mean, I even looked, you know, I saw yeah, on Twitter, oh yeah, it's a Favre again, Favre situation again, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Even the stats, even the numbers are comparable. Because I, I looked at a few metrics from what was Favre's final year in Green Bay. And then I compared them to Aaron Rodgers' most recent season, which may or may not be his final season there in Green Bay. And, and let me tell you something. Almost identical were quarterback rating, completion percentage, yards per pass attempt, yards per rush attempt, although Rodgers did really do better in that category, like markedly better. Other than that, touchdowns per game, pretty much the same. Interceptions per game, pretty much the same. Almost exactly the same across everything I looked at. The problem on the field with Favre for the Jets was that after starting 8-3, and three, everything fell apart. Why is that? Well, Brett Favre played hurt. And I'm not talking like, you know, sprained ankle, boy, that ain't nothing to play with, like Drake, right? I'm talking like hurt, hurt. Brett Favre was playing for the Jets late in that season with a torn biceps tendon. And the Jets covered it up. Fact. The Jets were ultimately, for for all of this, ultimately fined $125,000 by the league for failure to disclose an injury. That's why it didn't work. And, oh, what could have been. I mean, right? I mean, you heard Damian Woody, the quote was, I think we were a Super Bowl team. I really do. That team, we were good enough to win a Super Bowl. And after years of telling my brother, a Packers fan, that his quarterback sucks, this and that, you know, sisterly advice, you know, after after we watched Aaron Rodgers carve the Jets up at MetLife Stadium, my brother wore his green and yellow number 12 jersey I bought him for Christmas, and I was wearing my now useless number 33 Jamal Adams t-shirt with a couple layers underneath it because I stopped buying jerseys. Until now, I bought a Sauce Gardner jersey. Um, but I can't help but think, what a guy for a young team to learn from. What a guy for a young-ish head coach to learn from. How to win. How to practice. How to prepare. And how to command a locker room. And remember when Zach Wilson was gushing over Aaron Rodgers, his idol, at that joint practice, you would get a complete buy-in from a guy who has completely lost the locker room. And I will tell you, and I've said it, I, I am not ready to give up on Zach Wilson just yet. Just yet. My plan for him would be you relegate him to a QB3 role with with the, you know, the, the understanding that, dude, you are not going to see the field unless, you know, it's like one of those uh, fire things. It's like break in case of emergency. They're not going to break that glass unless it's actual emergency for, for Zach Wilson to see the floor, to see the, uh, see the, see the field. So 
I also this this struck me as funny too. Aaron Rodgers has lost sixty six games in his entire career. The Jets have lost sixty nine games in the past six seasons. The Jets have lost more games in the past six seasons than Aaron Rodgers ever has in his career. And 877-337-6666 is the number. Even the odds makers in Las Vegas, and they usually have a good pulse of, of what's going on, like in every sport, in every game, etc. Even the odds makers have acquiesced to the fact that Aaron Rodgers may be playing his home games in East Rutherford beginning this upcoming season. And according to DraftKings, before the the Hackett hiring, you know, the Jets had the third best odds of landing Rodgers, and it was at plus 750. Long shot, right? Immediately after, immediately after the Hackett news, the Jets leapfrogged the Raiders. And as it sits right now, the Jets are plus 125 to land the services of Aaron Rodgers. And according to those odds makers, if Aaron Rodgers does not return to the Packers. He will be a New York Jet. And and then the competition beyond that is not even close. Aaron Rodgers, the National Football League's MVP most valuable player in 2020. And again in 2021, playing for the New York Jets? You know, he's only the fifth player in NFL history, to win that award in back-to-back seasons. Playing for the New York Jets? Then, in 2022, you know, he's got a down year. Air quotes, really big air quotes on that. That down year. His quarterback rating was a 91.1 this season. Which was, oh by the way, 32 points higher than that savior, Mike White, in that same year. And not even in the same stratosphere. As Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers' down year is better quarterback play than the Jets have seen in decades. You know what? You know me. I did my homework. I went back and looked. The season quarterback rating of 91.1 for Aaron Rodgers just this past season. In a down year. Down year. The Jets have not seen a quarterback finish with a number that high since Chad Pennington in the year 2002. I was in eighth grade. Oh, and stop for a second and think why Aaron Rodgers might have had a down year. Might have to do with the fact that he lost his offensive coordinator. Ready for this? The same guy the Jets just hired two days ago. That's it. Push all of the chips to the middle of the table. I am tired of the disappointment each and every season. This year, new and inventive way, right? A losing streak of six games to end this past season. Six! The Jets ended this season with more questions than answers at the most important position in all of professional sports. So much so that they've revamped their coaching staff starting with the offensive coordinator, Michael LaFleur. And there, now there's some question marks on the head coach, Robert Sala, after that six-game losing streak to end this season.
Come on! This is where the rubber meets the road. Make the move, Woody. And for the self-spiraling, self-loathing Jet fans, it's time for you to get aboard. You haven't seen the Super Bowl in 54 years. That is literally an entire generation. Once in the Jets' existence have they got to the Super Bowl. And you don't want Aaron Rodgers. Why? Because he's weird. He's old. Well, you know what? When he comes in here and when he wins, like Tom Brady did at the age of 43 years old in Tampa, who cares? Who cares if the guy's weird? Who cares if he's old? Tom Brady won an MVP at 40 years old. Rodgers could too. And this season, for how many weeks did we talk about the Jets being a quarterback away from really making a run? Every single week. Aaron Rodgers on this New York Jets team makes it an instant Super Bowl contender. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. And if you can't get through, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter. Instagram, you could do the same thing, and, and Facebook. But uh, most responsive during the show, the platform that gives me the easiest route to respond and to incorporate your thoughts into the show is Twitter. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets, for the first time in 15 years, are champions of the National League. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. McCartan and oh and where were we oh yeah talking about Aaron Rodgers and the potential fit with the New York Jets and I had just likened the fact like into the the example here that the Jets in, in, in pursuing potentially pursuing Aaron Rodgers are like shopping on Fifth Avenue not the department stores not the big box chains they're going right to the flagship store and it's not the first time that the New York Jets have knocked on the doors of 265 Lombardi Avenue in Green Bay, Wisconsin. They've done it before in my lifetime. The similarities and the buildup. And the Golden Knights just tied it up, by the way. 1-1 at UBS. I didn't catch who who scored. Sorry about that. But it is 1-1 with 3.52 left in the second period. The similarities between the buildup of the Brett Favre situation then... And the Aaron Rodgers situation now are kind of eerie. In both situations, the same owner, Woody Johnson, was missing, looking for that missing piece. A veteran, a proven quarterback to lead the team to a Super Bowl victory. In both situations, Johnson looked to Green Bay for the solution. In both situations, the Jets had a third-year head coach. Then and now, in both situations, the quarterback would be a major draw to bring fans out to the stadium, to put fannies in the seats. And in both situations, the quarterback, 39 years old, 
And again, in both situations, the quarterback would enter or join the Jets with one Super Bowl ring in his jewelry box. The difference? Well, when Brett Favre was brought in to quarterback the New York Jets when he did, the Jets made the playoffs four times in the eight years leading up to his arrival. So not much of a drought, right? Here's the difference with Aaron Rodgers potentially coming in for the start of this upcoming season. As it stands now, the Jets have the longest playoff drought in the league by far. They have not been in the playoffs, the New York Jets, in 12 years. You tell me that Woody Johnson does not have the full court press on for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and by the way, it's that same Woody Johnson who said at the time that Favre, this is a quote, changed the atmosphere in the building. Favre made it fun to come to work. So from that Woody to Damian Woody, who recalled, quote, I think we were a Super Bowl team. I really do. That team, we were good enough to win a Super Bowl. End quote. And I mean, I even looked, you know, I saw you know, on Twitter, oh, yeah, it's a Favre again, Favre situation again, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Even the stats, even the numbers are comparable because I, I looked at a few metrics from what was Favre's final year in Green Bay, and then I compared them to Aaron Rodgers' most recent season, which may or may not be his final season there in Green Bay. And, and let me tell you something, almost identical were quarterback rating, completion percentage, yards per pass attempt, yards per rush attempt, although Rodgers did really do better in that category, like markedly better. Other than that, touchdowns per game, pretty much the same. Interceptions per game, pretty much the same. Almost exactly the same across everything I looked at. The problem on the field with Favre for the Jets was that after starting 8-3, and three, Everything fell apart. Why is that? Well, Brett Favre played hurt. And I'm not talking like, you know, sprained ankle, boy, that ain't nothing to play with, like Drake, right? I'm talking like hurt, hurt. Brett Favre was playing for the Jets late in that season with a torn biceps tendon. And the Jets covered it up. Fact. The Jets were ultimately, for, for all of this, ultimately fined $125,000 by the league for failure to disclose an injury. That's why it didn't work. And, oh, what could have been. I mean, right? I mean, you heard Damian Woody, the quote was, I think we were a Super Bowl team. I really do. That team, we were good enough to win a Super Bowl. And after years of telling my brother, a Packers fan, that his quarterback sucks, this and that. You know, sisterly advice. You know, after after we watched Aaron Rodgers carve the Jets up at MetLife Stadium, my brother wore his green and yellow number 12 jersey I bought him for Christmas, and I was wearing my now useless number 33 Jamal Adams t-shirt with a couple layers underneath it because I stopped buying jerseys. Until now, I bought a Sauce Gardner jersey. 
Um, but I can't help but think, what a guy for a young team to learn from. What a guy for a young-ish head coach to learn from. How to win. How to practice. How to prepare. And how to command a locker room. And remember when Zach Wilson was gushing over Aaron Rodgers, his idol, at that joint practice? You would get a complete buy-in from a guy who has completely lost the locker room. And I will tell you, and I've said it, I, I am not ready to give up on Zach Wilson just yet. Just yet. My plan for him would be you relegate him to a QB3 role. With with the you know the, the understanding that dude you are not going to see the field unless you know it's like one of those uh, fire things it's like break in case of emergency they're not going to break that glass unless it's actual emergency for for Zach Wilson to see the floor to see the uh, see the see the field so I also this this struck me as funny too Aaron Rodgers has lost sixty six games in his entire career. The Jets have lost 69 games in the past six seasons. The Jets have lost more games in the past six seasons than Aaron Rodgers ever has in his career. And 877-337-6666 is the number. Even the odds makers in Las Vegas, and they usually have a good pulse of, of what's going on, like in every sport, in every game, etc., even the odds makers have acquiesced to the fact that Aaron Rodgers may be playing his home games in East Rutherford beginning this upcoming season. And according to DraftKings, before the the Hackett hiring, you know, the Jets had the third best odds of landing Rodgers, and it was at plus 750. Long shot, right? Immediately after, immediately after the Hackett news, the Jets leapfrogged the Raiders and as it sits right now, the Jets are plus 125 to land the services of Aaron Rodgers. And according to those odds makers, if Aaron Rodgers does not return to the Packers, he will be a New York Jet. And and then the competition beyond that is not even close. Aaron Rodgers, the National Football League's MVP most valuable player in 2020. And again in 2021, playing for the New York Jets? You know, he's only the fifth player in NFL history to win that award in back-to-back seasons. Playing for the New York Jets? Then in 2022, you know, he's got a down year, air quotes, really big air quotes on that, that down year. His quarterback rating was a 91.1 this season which was, oh, by the way, 32 points higher than that savior, Mike White, in that same year, and not even in the same stratosphere as Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers' down year is better quarterback play than the Jets have seen in decades. You know what? You know me. I did my homework. I went back and looked. The season quarterback rating of 91.1 for Aaron Rodgers just this past season, in a down year, down year, the Jets have not seen a quarterback finish with a number 
that high since Chad Pennington in the year 2002. I was in eighth grade. Oh, and stop for a second and think why Aaron Rodgers might have had a down year. Might have to do with the fact that he lost his offensive coordinator. Ready for this? The same guy the Jets just hired two days ago. That's it. Push all of the chips to the middle of the table. I am tired of the disappointment each and every season. This year, new and inventive way, right? A losing streak of six games to end this past season. Six. The Jets ended this season with more questions than answers at the most important position in all of professional sports. So much so that they've revamped their coaching staff starting with the offensive coordinator, Michael LaFleur. And there, now there's some question marks on the head coach, Robert Sala, after that six-game losing streak to end this season. Come on! This is where the rubber meets the road. Make the move, Woody. And for the self-spiraling, self-loathing Jet fans, it's time for you to get aboard. You haven't seen the Super Bowl in 54 years. That is literally an entire generation. Once in the Jets' existence have they got to the Super Bowl. And you don't want Aaron Rodgers. Why? Because he's weird. He's old. Well, you know what? When he comes in here and when he wins, like Tom Brady did at the age of 43 years old in Tampa, who cares? Who cares if the guy's weird? Who cares if he's old? Tom Brady won an MVP at 40 years old. Rodgers could too. And this season, for how many weeks did we talk about the Jets being a quarterback away from really making a run? Every single week. Aaron Rodgers on this New York Jets team makes it an instant Super Bowl contender. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. And if you can't get through, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter. Instagram, you can do the same thing, and, and Facebook. But uh, most responsive during the show, the platform that gives me the easiest route to respond and to incorporate your thoughts into the show is Twitter. Eventually, though, I'll see it. To the phones we go. Matt at the Jersey Shore. You're up on the fan. Danielle, long time no speak. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great, thanks. I might. <laughs> I, I love that you chose me, so thank you to be your first caller. Um, I, <laughs> I think you know me well enough by now to know that I might be one of those self-loathing Jack fans that you <laughs> just described. Um, obviously, I love the direction this team is going, especially with the youth. Clearly, we're still one of those teams that, for the life of us, cannot get a quarterback or develop him or find one worth anything. Right. Uh, I'm going to just be honest with you and tell you I'm very apprehensive. This all seemed well and good. But, A, he could totally, you know, he could totally not come. And then we're all basically, like, have egg on our face having just got his offensive coordinator. Yes. Or 
he could come and then let us down, especially since he's a me-first guy, only thinking about MVPs and not about the team. I mean, I just feel like we're, we're basically setting ourselves up for disappointment once again, kind of like we did with Brett Favre. Like, we're, we're putting all our eggs in one basket. We're not thinking about the future. Obviously, this is going to be a win-now situation, but... Right, so Matt, many- if it's win-now, the future is now. The future is now. Right. Right? I understand that, and I hope good things that this all works out and we can win something now. It just feels like we've had so many seasons where we just, you know, are basically done by Halloween except for this last one. Yeah. I... I I would love if we had a quarterback, basically like the Giants situation now, where they're going to have a guy they can rely on for several years and not just one or two. You know what I'm saying? I, I get it, Matt. I get it. Before the Giants have seen the Super Bowl twice, in, in, and you're about my age, right? Twice in our lifetime, the Giants have won yeah. a Super Bowl. They've been to more than the Jets haven't even sniffed a Super Well, I shouldn't say sniffed, but they haven't seen a Super Bowl since before we were born. Well before. Almost my parents weren't even born yet the last time the Jets were in the right. Super Bowl. I mean, the future is now. Hopefully it works out. Hopefully he plays at a high level. Hopefully, I mean, the, the only reason if the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett was to try to lure Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that that's obvious. So hopefully it works out. I will tell you, though, that, and obviously I agree with you, I, the, the other side of that coin is a few years ago when we were trying to get Trevor Lawrence, it obviously didn't go our way. None of the other quarterbacks in that draft, Zach Wilson included, Basically, we're anywhere near the talent that Trevor Lawrence was. Yes. We were stuck with the Zach Wilson situation. Yes. I mean, if whatever Aaron Rodgers was dealing with last season with his hurt thumb and any other issues that he may have been, go- have been going on with him, I'm hoping it's behind him. He'll come here. We can see some actual success. Yes. It's just, I'm a nervous Jets fan. I'll, I'll just be very honest with you. <laughs> well, Matt, isn't that all Jets fans? It's like that self-loathing, that the self-spiraling Jets fans. Oh, the world is always coming to an end. The sky is falling. I get it. But and thanks for the call there, Matt. Aaron Rodgers will t- alleviate that. The answer is so obvious. It's, it's, it's smacking the Jets in the face. And the first step was in, in the whole plan was to hire Nathaniel Hackett. The same offensive coordinator that he won back-to-back MVPs in 2020 and 2021, which was not that long ago. That was the first step. I think the Jets are all in on him. Let's go to Josh in the Bronx. You're up next here on I'm, Fan. I'm telling you, just like the caller before, you got to shed that nervousness. You got to go out and you got to put pressure on Woody Johnson. Just like... Keith McPherson said about the Giants, you know, you got to tell Mara, you know, get, don't get family. Get that quarterback. The Giants you have know, that quarterback, get, though. Yeah, right. But, I mean, you know, the Jets now. Get that, get that Aaron Rodgers. Wait, the message to John Mara it shouldn't be, the, the, the Giants have that quarterback. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the Jets should do the exact same thing. You know, the fans should do, the fan base should do the same exact thing. Put pressure on the Jets to get these football people to get the quarterback. I, 
I, I mean, I, I think it's in motion. I think the plan is yeah. in motion. Nathaniel Hackett, what other redeeming qualities does Nathaniel Hackett have for the New York Jets other than the fact that he may be able to to yeah. lure Aaron Rodgers right. to East Rutherford? But Woody, Woody, that's Woody's thing. He's got to do it right now. You know, the Packers have like, what, a 40 a $40 million cap hit now. But if you give them those two first-round draft choices or whatever it takes They'll figure to get him here. Yep, Josh, they will figure it out. And one more thing before we go to break. You know, Nathaniel Hackett's history as a primary play caller, 2013, 14, 15, 16, he, his offenses between Buffalo, Jacksonville, and Denver, as, as Hackett as the primary play caller, the highest his his... You know, his his offensive ranking, I guess you would call it, was, I mean, 11th with Bortles in 2016. Other than that, oh, second with Bortles in 2017. So I, he, it, But then you look at 19th in yards, 26th in yards, 22nd in yards, 21st in yards, Russell Wilson. I mean, the reason the Jets brought, my point being, the reason why they brought him in here is, is to, to bring... Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. And uh, did you see my post of my little arts and crafts project from earlier today? Well, go ahead and take a look on this quick little break at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm Daniel McCartan. We'll take a look at what that actually um, would take to put that last name on that Gotham Green number 1-2 jersey in real life. It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Yeah, so welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan with you till 1 a.m., we are tied up at the UBS Arena, 1-1, Vegas Golden Knights, New York Islanders, of course. The third period is just underway. I will keep one eyeball on that and keep you updated as we go. So what's in a number, really, you know? So, like, Eric Decker told me that years ago, I mean, I'm talking seven years ago, maybe, I, I was doing interviews before that, but about seven years ago, I talked to Eric Decker, and, and, and he told me that, I asked, of course, and he told me, that he wears number 87 because that's the pick number that he was drafted. When, and then and, and when he was traded to the Jets from the Broncos, he paid Jeff Cumberland $25,000, and, and I don't know if he went with him or just paid for him to go to a nice steak dinner. Zach Wilson picked number two for the same reason. That's where he was drafted. Then you had Darrell Revis. When he went to Tampa, he paid uh, safety Mark Barron $50,000 for the number 24. And then Eli Manning, oh, he got off easy. When he became a giant, he paid for an all-expenses-paid tr- trip to Florida for the Feagles family. Because Feagles was number 10, and that's what Eli wanted. So, you know, the list of New York Jets with their number retired is short. Five in total. Namath's 12, Maynard's 13, Martin's 28, Klecko 73, and Bird's 90. And how about a little credit where credit is due for our Brandon Tierney, who sits in this chair, and Tiki Barber, who sits in that chair, because Joe Namath, Broadway Joe, called in. And and during their conversation, 
Joe Namath told them that he would unretire the number 12 for Aaron Rodgers if he were to come to the Jets, which is unheard of. It made national news and and it credit it deserved. That was a great question. It was a great, you know, it made headlines across this country. So credit to Tierney and Tiki, Tiki and Tierney. Excellent job. Aaron Rodgers was number eight in college. So why does he wear 12 in the National Football League? Well, when he when he entered the league, Ryan Longwell, remember him? Ryan Longwell was 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 number 12. Sorry, Ryan Longwell was, was number eight. So Rodgers couldn't be number eight again. And, of course, as a rookie, I mean, he didn't have quite the pull or, or whatever. He, he, he didn't want to go about asking for number eight. Or maybe he did and he was turned down. I don't know the story. But I, if he becomes a Jet, I will ask that question. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers was just handed number 12 in the same way that Derek Jeter was handed number two. And Rodgers stuck with it. Even after Longwell left, they gave him the option, do you want, do you want eight? And he was like, no, no, I'll stick with 12. So if Joe Namath told Tiki and Tierney that he was okay with it, who are you or I to, to tell him it's, it's not okay? And if that's what it takes to get the deal done, I mean, consider it done. And did you see the project I had on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N? I put it up on Facebook as well and on Instagram. My, uh, my little project before was I have a Joe Namath jersey, and I took a roll of duct tape, as many Jet fans do with the jerseys that, that, that everybody buys and they're no good after a year or whatever. I found a little Expo marker. I've got plenty. I'm a teacher during the week. So uh, I took a black Expo marker unrolled the duct tape and I did uh, I wrote Aaron Rodgers dot 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 question mark cut it and people were freaking out you did not put that over that jersey that nameth name on that jersey no I didn't but it's ready to go just in case it's ready just in case uh Aaron Rodgers to the Jets it would be a dream scenario would make the Jets an immediate instant instant Super Bowl contender. What do you think? 877-337-6666. Vinny in Staten Island is next here on The Fan. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Good, good. How are you? All right. I'm going to make three points. Sure. About the Jets. One, go. First point, first point is the Jets are never going to win with Robert Salah. He's not a good head coach. There's no clue about offense. He created a circus this year. His team was a circus, the Mike White T-shirts, the whole nine yards. Yes, it was. Now, wait, let me, let, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go one by one. Just, Vinny, we'll go one by one. Point. Wait, oh, you weren't done with that number one point? I thought you were moving on to two. No, I'm going to finish all three points, then you speak. Oh. oh. So, number number okay. two is, number two is, the Jets just hired the architect of the worst offense in football, Nathaniel Hackett. Worst offense in football. The guy didn't call the plays in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur, LaFleur called the plays, and he was just, LaFleur's errand boy. He didn't call the plays in Green Bay. So, I don't know what's going on there. What system they're going to use. That's number two. Number three is Aaron Rodgers don't want to play football no more. He'd rather be doing something else. He don't put the work in. He don't go to spring spring workouts. He's not the guy. He's 40 years old. If you watch him this season, he threw so many bad interceptions. He just gave up on so many plays. He's not the same player. They're better off going to get a guy like a young kid like Jameis Winston, 
who can still play the game, threw for 5,000 yards three times. Do you know how many interceptions he throws? Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating was a 91.1 last season. The last time the Jets had a quarterback that was that good was 2002. The 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 rating don't mean nothing. What? It's the eye test. Okay, it's the eye test. The rating means absolutely nothing. All right. I watched him play football this year. He's disinterested. He had a broken thumb this year, Vinny. You know he had a broken thumb this year, right? He played with a broken thumb from the Giant game on this year, right? You know that. You know, you know, Josh Allen played hurt all year. Baker Mayfield always plays hurt. Daniel Jones gets banged up every game. It's part of the game. Broken thumb. Dak, Dak Prescott came back from surgery on his thumb. It's it's part of the game. That's that's just an excuse. The guy that's just an excuse. And he lost his number one wide receiver. He lost his offensive coordinator. He's playing with a broken thumb. I can't believe I have to defend the, Aaron Rodgers to you, Vinny. I mean, who do you Devonta want to? Uh, let me let me. Does he got Devonta Adams with the Jets. Vinny, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Jameis Winston is your answer, Vinny? Vinny, Jameis Winston is your answer for the Jets? Is that really your actual answer? Jameis Winston would be great with the Jets. Oh, my God. He's got young legs and developed Zach Wilson. You're asking for a quarterback controversy in week one, Vinny. Jameis Winston... Stinks one up, throws three picks, and you're going to have the same Mike White circus you described earlier, Vinny, in your point did number you two. James, did you see Jameis Winston last year when he had Sean Payton as a coach? He was. Oh, oh I hate to break it to you. Let me go back to your point number one, Vinny. Robert Salah, as you called him, it's Salah, he is no Sean Payton. So now what? Get rid of Robert Salah. Oh, now we're just going to change the whole entire system on a team that's ready to win now? Carolina brought in. Carolina brought in, they jumped all over Frank Wright. Watch how good the Panthers are going to be next year with Sam Donald. The Jets don't get it right with the coaches. This- See, there you go. Had a dumpy there, Vinny. What happened uh, with Vinny, a very passionate Jeff fan, of course. I love the passion. I love it. It makes the phones ring. It's beautiful. We're having a, a nice, respective, uh, respectful dialogue here. But... When you use profanity on the radio, I'm sorry there, Vinny. I had to dump you. I didn't want to. But the the word you used, I I had to. I had to dump you. I'm sorry. So the conversation went from point one that Robert Sala has no clue to uh, Hackett is the worst architect uh, architect of the worst. Uh, I was taking notes. I was taking notes. Architect in the worst offensive football because he told me I couldn't go one for one with him. I had to wait for him to finish all three points. Fine, so I started taking notes. And then uh, number three, uh, you lost. You lost me at the word Jameis Winston. Really, you'd rather have Jameis Winston than Aaron Rodgers? Come on, what are we doing here? Aaron Rodgers with a broken thumb and all of the things that I just listed. Put up a season where his quarterback rating, which is a nice, neat number to describe what was going on with that quarterback in that particular season, a 91.1. The Jets haven't had a quarterback who finished with a quarterback rating for the season higher than 91.1 since I was in eighth grade. And you want Jameis Winston to come in and save the team. That is asking for a quarterback controversy in week one, as I tried to say. He throws two picks, three picks. The crowd, again, will be chanting for Mike White. Streveler! Woo! Of course, that is if Mike White comes back. He's an unrestricted free agent. Or maybe the chant will be for Zach Wilson at that point. Zach Wilson can't do any worse than that. Oh, my God.
I get what he was tra- If you don't want Rodgers, that's one point you can make. Wanting Jameis Winston over Rodgers, that's <laughs> like something. So if you want to say, oh. I don't want Rodgers on the Jets, which I think is probably, it's, it's, a, it's a bad take. But you can say that. But you need to have a better solution right. than Jameis Winston. If he would have said, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, even Baker Mayfield's got something to prove, maybe. Right. Saying Jameis Winston, that's just – but again, I, listen, he got the reaction, which is funny. Um, <laughs> maybe that's what he wanted after all. Right, right. I would say this. If Rodgers throws a pick the first game, if he's a Jet, he's going to get booed. Well, he's gonna, they, he's they gonna, welcome to New York. Right, right. right. He's going to get booed. Welcome so everyone's gonna, everyone's going to everyone's going to get booed. The only thing I would say on the Rogers stuff is that if you hired Hackett with the understanding and with the hope that you're going to also trade for Rogers and you're going to wait it out and maybe you miss out on a Derek Carr and a Jimmy G because you're waiting and then you don't get Aaron Rodgers. That's, that's where, a disaster scenario. That's where the issue for me. So they have to either. They have to already know at this point they're getting Rodgers, which is possible. These guys, uh, every, everybody lies. Politicians, GMs, they all lie, right? So it's totally possible that they just know they're getting Rodgers. They can't say it. And they have to know that there has to be – they have to know who else they're getting if it's not Rodgers by now. Because Hackett wouldn't sign on yes. after a dumpster fire of a year yes. in Denver if he didn't know who this quarterback was. That's exactly – you took the words right out of my mouth. Exactly right. Exactly. Why would you take a job if you didn't know who your quarterback? The only quarterback on the roster is Zach Wilson, and they've already told you that he wasn't going to play this year. Right. So the only like they have to know that it's Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, or they have to know that it's going to be Derek Carr or Jimmy G. There, Nate Hackett has to know who he's working with because it makes no sense for him to have back-to-back dumpster fire of a of a season. Right. He said his career would be over, knocked out. Think about and 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 Aaron Rodgers is a is a is a me player. Well, h- how about a me player that's going to teach a young roster how to win, how to practice, how to prepare? Zach Wilson, who uh, who who may or may not. I said it early. May or may not be good at preparing for games. Not know how to study. You know, Tom Coughlin had Eli Manning diagram every blitz he saw on that all twenty two tape in order to, to understand how to recognize blitzes. Maybe Zach Wilson needs something, someone like that to tell him to do that. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever happens in that classroom. Well, we'll continue this conversation. 877-337-6666 right on the other side of this break. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Y'all know me, still say mochi, but I've been low-key, waiting on... <laughs> I forget the words. I know the Eminem part better, but I can't uh, censor myself in time because it just comes out. <laughs> See, there was just a curse word I was about to say. It. I was like, nah, can't do that. This song is a classic. My name is Daniel McCartan. Paul Rosenberg is behind the glass. And on the ones and twos, DJ Paulie R. With you on the fan till 1 a.m. Beautiful discussion about Aaron Rodgers and the potential for the Jets to finally, finally make it to his Super Bowl for the first time in 54 years. I got a tweet on the the, the commercial break from at Football Palace, and he said, if the Jets don't win a Super Bowl with Rodgers, then he retires. 
I guess after one year or whatever, the Jets will end up needing to dig themselves out of cap hell. But this is the part. This is what he said. that They will then cause them to lose the young core and have to rebuild. It's a bad risk and not worth the long-term damage. Um, the Jets have been waiting for their quarterback since 1969. It's worth it. Okay? When we talk about a young core, you've got Brees Hall under contract through the 2025 season. You've got Garrett Wilson under contract through the 2025 season. You've got Ahmad Sauce Gardner under contract through the 2025 season. And you've got Elijah Vera Tucker under contract through the 2024 season. That's your young core. That's it. 877-337-6666. We are full, ready to go. You can't get through. Tweet me at Coach MCCARTAN. Steven in Staten Island, you are up next right here on The Fan in New York City. Hey, how are you, Danielle? Uh, I just got one thing to say. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm a Jeff fan, and I'm tired of the uh, coaching carousel yes. and the QB carousel. And all these Jeff fans are delusional saying that they're, uh, that Aaron Rodgers is um, selfish because he said that he's capable of winning an MVP. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If he's playing M- MVP caliber football, doesn't that make us winning? Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Yes, yes, and yes. So, listen, if he wants to be selfish and wants to win an MVP as a Jet, good. by all means. That's right. He could be a he could be an MVP. Yep. And I'm not going to call him selfish. Me neither. Now, with this other thing saying that he's going to leave after a year, <clears throat> they have to make sure that he's on board for at least two, two years. And maybe he could, under, you know, under his tutelage, maybe Zach Wilson right. can come up and be the quarterback that we all thought that he was. Yes. I'm going to hang up now and listen, and uh, I just want to see what you think about it. Yeah, Stephen, and thanks for that. Two very good points there. Two very good points. I mean, there's nothing really more I can add. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level, isn't that what you want if you're a Jet fan? Doesn't that mean the team is winning? And don't you think your young quarterback who does have physical gifts I was never sold on Zach Wilson, but he is he he is talented. And you bring in the guy that he is he has probably had posters on his wall of Aaron Rodgers when he was a kid, and you bring him in, you don't think he's gonna listen to him and learn everything he could from him? Then if he doesn't, then you know what? He's not meant to be in this league, Zach Wilson. Nothing more more I can add. That was a fantastic I agree everything with what you just said. Kevin in Ocean City, New Jersey. You are up next here on the fan. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Um, uh, first of all, I think the I's are being dotted and the T's are being crossed. I think the deal is already done. I think we're going to get at Rogers. There's no oh, doubt in my mind. baby. Woo-hoo. No doubt in my mind. And also, I think his his attitude and his character and his, his persona will play well in New York because he is he who he is. And that's who New York is. I mean, he's, he's going to say what he wants to say, and I like to, and I, I would love to. I would be interested to see the back and forth with the press in New York because he can handle that. And and in New York, have the best of both worlds. He can live in the suburbs, you know, wherever he wants to live. But he can come into New York, put a floppy hat on his sunglasses. He can walk around; people wouldn't even know it was him. Yeah. And that's and 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 and, and people, famous people, I mean, people like that like that privacy. Sometimes. Yes, they do. You could we could walk right by us. We wouldn't know that was Aaron Rodgers. You I know, know. I know. And 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 there's a lot of nooks and crannies in New York. He can find his spots where he wants to go. And yep. you know, you might go in a little restaurant or something. He'd be in, he'd be in there eating or something. That's, <laughs> this will play out perfectly for him. I know. You know and what? Kevin, only thing. Only, Kevin, only thing I want the the Jets to do. Mm-hmm. 
I want them to make that offensive line so good. I don't even want his uniform to get dirty. You know, yes. that's how and people don't realize how good Aaron Rodgers is. I mean, they, they forget. They just going. We if some people are just scared of success. They, they're scared because we have scar tissue. We I'm a Jets yeah. fan for years oh, yeah. and years. Mm-hmm. The scar tissue is there, and people can't believe that we could be this good. Yeah, and how good he is. And I think he's going to be. It's going to be easier for him what, what we have. You know what, Kevin? I, you know, I one thing I will tell you is uh, I I spoke to someone here uh, maybe three years ago, four years ago, and she said that she she's like, oh, I just got back from the the bagel store nearby, around the corner, or whatever. And I was like, oh right. yeah, and she goes, I got to show you something. Who is this? So, I, you know, she's like testing me. So she showed her me her phone, and it wasn't anybody that's on air. It's just somebody that works in the in the in the newsroom here, and and she showed me the picture, and it was right. as you described, uh, you know, a guy. In a little nook, the guy was Jacob DeGrom in the bagel store with her. I mean, how cool See? is that? See that? I was walking down the street one night. It was late. I was, forgot where I was coming from. I come around the corner, and I walk right into Robert Redford. There he is. That's how Robert <laughs> Look just like he looked in the movies, but you see everybody in New York. This yeah. is there. You know what I mean? You know what? That's New York. Yes, that's New York. And you know what? And Kevin, thanks for the call there. Aaron Rodgers is a weird freaking dude. He is weird. He's eccentric. I mean, look. So is Kyrie Irving, but Kyrie Irving's weird and, 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 and eccentricities, I think that's the word. I mean, they kept him off the court. When has Aaron Rodgers been kept off the field due to his weirdness? I mean, I, maybe you can't compare him, but but, but he's, he's weird. And, and you know what? I, I had one interaction with Aaron Rodgers in my entire lifetime, and it was at a press conference. And it was when I worked for the Giants. It was when the Giants pl- uh, played the Packers at MetLife Stadium. And I went into the press conference to do my my job for the Giants, and he was at the podium, and it was that game. I forget what year. It had to be 2019 is my best guess. Maybe 2018. 2018 or 19. Packers came into town, and it was snowing like crazy. Like, like they were shoveling the yard lines, okay, so that you could see it. And it was awesome. I love football in the snow. And, and I was in the press box nice and warm, so it didn't bother me whatsoever at all. I had my hot chocolate ready to go. But the point of the story is this. You know, people were hammering him with questions. Sure they were. You know, he said to me on the way out, I was standing, I was the closest one to the door. You know, he said to me on the way out, he looked at me, nodded, and he said, get home safe, drive safely, or get home safely. I I, I was like, thank you? (laughs) You know, like, you know, he's weird, he's eccentric, yeah, all that, but if he wins, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm taking a picture, a page out of the Rocks book. It doesn't matter. A guy comes, brings the Jets to a Super Bowl, even just, you know, to the AFC Conference Championship game, maybe even. Come on. Who cares if he's weird? And Tom Brady did good things when he was older than, and Aaron Rodgers is 39. He just turned 39. December. So, Mike and Huntington, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Daniel, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just doing a show here, Mike. What's up? <laughs> Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, Listen, thanks for I want it. to talk to you real quick about uh, Mike LaFleur hiring with the Rams. Yeah. So I'm a lifelong Rams fan, and I'm like 50-50 about this hiring. Um, Wait, from a Rams know. standpoint, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I know a couple of Jets fans, and they're like, some of them, like, I know don't like him, and I feel like he got scapegoated a bit. 
Um, I know with LA, he won't be calling the plays, obviously, with McVay coming back. Right. It's kind of more of an offensive mind to come in. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear your point as a Jets fan. Did you think he got the short end of the stick a little bit? I know they didn't score in the last six games, and mm-hmm. everyone goes on about that. But um, Yes and no. I would say a little bit yes. But when you look at and, and it's a good situation for him because he won't be calling plays, as you said. The yeah. one thing I will say is this. When he comes out there, who or who, I think it was him, or maybe it was Salah, or maybe it was both of them. When they come out there and, and say that their quarterback is now, you know, week X into the season, fundamentally wrong. His bottom half is wrong. I mean, whose oversight is that? Whose job is it? If it goes by the quarterback coach, fine, but it's up, it's up to the offensive coordinator as a coach too to kind of say, "Hey, wait a second, hey." Fix this on this kid. He's fundamentally wrong. Fix it. Don't get up there and say it in a press conference. Or maybe you didn't know, you know? I, so, I don't know. And I was going to say, that's what worries me a little bit because I see the Zach Wilson, like, obviously took no progression in my opinion, and that does worry me. Um, but, like, obviously, like you said, he'll be coming in a situation with Stafford, a more experienced quarterback. Yeah. And I feel like, it, like, obviously for him, yes, it's the right situation. Yes. But I just feel like for the Rams, I, I just don't know how I feel about this because I, I don't know really if, what this is doing. If this is kind of a lateral move, you know what I mean, for yeah. his career. Like, yeah. I don't know how this is helping the team. Um. Yeah, and Mike, we got to hit a break here. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not sure it will help the team, really. Um. I mean, at least you got Stafford in there, if you're a Rams fan, right? It seems like you are. At least you got Stafford in there who, who knows what he's doing, who is pretty much fundamentally sound. He's a veteran in the league. Um, he can kind of take the reins and, and kind of maybe show LaFleur the ropes a little bit. But the best thing is, the best news, if you're a Rams fan, is that he is not calling plays out there in L.A. Quick break. Kevin Dexter's here with an update. I'll be back with you right on the other side of the 10 p.m. hour. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. With you till 1 a.m. Paul Rosenberg behind the glass and on the ones and twos. It's been fun. It's been lively. It's been a great debate so far tonight. Uh, as Kevin just told you, uh, the puck drop is right now at UBS in the overtime period. It is 1-1 as you just heard. I will keep an eye on this game for you as I have been all night. You know what? Going on right now as we speak, and I know we got a full rack of calls. Just give me one second here because right now, what time is it? 10 o'clock? It's, maybe it's just wrapping up but uh, the 98th New York Baseball Writers Dinner is happening right now in Midtown, and it's you know it's a big, it's an important gathering. And in town tonight to receive their awards are the MVPs, which is the Yankees tweeted out a picture of Aaron Judge already earlier tonight. Uh, Goldschmidt, Verlander, and Alcantara were here to collect their Cy Young awards. Rodriguez and Harris, rookies of the year. Francona and Showalter, managers of the year. So as you can tell, our Mets and our Yankees are well represented and hard-earned in terms of hardware across the league for the 2022 season. And it's going to be another, another fun summer here in New York City. Believe it. And believe it or not, Mets pitchers and catchers report in exactly 18 days. Yankees pitchers and catchers report in exactly 19 days. Doesn't feel like uh, the cold, long, hard winters that we've been used to having. Right? I mean, right now, look, look at my watch. It's 43 degrees right now at 10 p.m. 
I mean, we haven't gotten any snow yet. I guess that'll do it to you. Uh, maybe so will a deep Giants run into the playoffs. I mean, usually we're talking about the offseason around Halloween. I just can't wait for baseball to start. And although I really do love one or two really good snowstorms, I must say. And I just saw on the break the 2023 American League Cy Young Award uh, odds via Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, the top two, Garrett Cole versus Jacob deGrom at plus 600. Then tied for, I guess, second place it would be at plus 900, Carlos Rodon, Dylan Cease, and Alec, Alec Manoa. It's going to be a great summer here. Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon have, have among the best odds to win the AL Cy Young. I cannot wait to start talking baseball as well. But we've been gotten into a big debate about Aaron Rodgers and who should be the quarterback in the Jets moving forward. Bob and Bayside, you're up chronologically next here on The Fan in New York. Hi, Dan. Hi, Daniel. What's up? Uh, before I get to my Rogers point, sure. I have a message for Vinny from Staten Island. Yeah. Go over the last six years, and that's a pretty big sample size. Number one quarterback in the NFL out of all quarterbacks who played for interceptions is Jameis Winston. Mm. He's an interception machine. Yes, he is. And you well, get an interception. And you get an interception. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and, and that's number one. Yep. Uh, he's Jameis is number one. And so let me get to my Aaron Rodgers point. It's it's obvious that the Jets, any Jet fan, should want Aaron Rodgers. Here's my point: Aaron Rodgers should stay in Green Bay. The money's going to be the same, and he has a lot better chance of winning his division, the the uh, the NFC mm. North, than he does of winning the AFC East and mm-hmm. leapfrogging Buffalo and leapfrogging Buffalo. Yep. And if you want to talk about the two conferences. The AFC is loaded with yep. six quality teams. Yep. The NFC only has two elite teams, Philly and Dallas. Everybody else is, is beatable, and Aaron is not afraid to throw against the past defenses of Minnesota and Detroit in his division. Yeah, I agree with you. And you, you look at that AFC it, from an Aaron Rodgers standpoint, yeah, you maybe want to stay at Green Bay because you've got to go against – I mean, eventually you're going to run into the buzzsaw uh, in the playoffs if the Jets get there, of course – Allen, uh, you got a leapfrog Burrow and Mahomes and all these guys. So, so yeah, from an Aaron Rodgers standpoint, yeah, maybe you do want to stay with the Packers. Yeah. Right. My last point, Danielle, have Rosie look this up. What Vinny said is that Paul Hackett never, uh, never, uh, what was it, Paul Hackett or Nathaniel? I think he said Nathaniel, yeah. Yeah, the, the one that the Jets have now. Yeah, Nathaniel. Uh, yeah. Look that up. Is is Vinny right that uh, he never called any offensive plays in his life? Yeah, let's look that up. That's a good point. I don't know. He seemed pretty emphatic about it, so I kind of just went with it. I'm not sure. Paul's looking You're it up now. doing a great job, Jay. Yeah. Thanks, great. Bob. Thank you. All right, we got Paul on that. Let me know when you when you find that. Thanks. <laughs> uh, we are still tied up, by the way, at UBS. 1-1 with 2.14 left in the overtime period. All right, let's go to Randy in Harrison, New Jersey. Ha- New Jersey, right, Randy? Yeah, no, no, Harrison, Westchester. Oh, Westchester. Sorry about that. There is Harrison, no New Jersey. I'm a Jersey yeah, the girl. Management of the Jets. Pete Carroll, Donald. I mean, what? Why would they get a me-oriented guy? First of all, why would he want to come to New York for the money? That's all he's coming to New York for. For the money. That's it. Why would he want to come to New York? Why would they get a has-been kind of guy when they want to build a future? They're getting rid of Zach Wilson. One, two, three. Goodbye, Zach. I mean, it's unbelievable. What was he, the second pick in the draft? And they're dumping him like that? Well, I mean, That's he's the, still on the roster. I mean, they have, they're not dumping Aaron him. Aaron Rodgers. 
He's a me-oriented guy. You're not going to win anything with him. You know, you wouldn't win if you just bring in another big name, just another big name that's going to win nothing. But if he's a me guy and he puts up an MVP-like season, don't why would did- he do that in New York? He's not going to do that in New York. But how do you know that? Well, what did he? Well, he's what forty years old. What is he going to bring? Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. I know, but Tom Brady is oh, the Tom original. Oh, Tom there's Brady's- only one Tom Brady. Oh, there's only one of him. Okay. Yeah, you know that. Well, who's Aaron Rodgers? Everything's about him. You know, he's not going to do anything. Why would he want to come to New York? First of all, everyone's leaving New York. You know, DeGrom left New York. Why would he want to come to New York? For what reason? Well, well when all, all I hear from Aaron Rodgers is the word win. Anytime he talks, he uses the word win, win repeatedly, right? Does so he mean that? You think he means it? By the way, I'm sorry to cut you off there, Randy. I'll leave okay. you on the line here. But the the Islanders just netted the game winner. They are mobbing the player. I don't know who did it. The Rangers just beat the Golden Knights two one final in overtime um, at UBS. I'm sorry, Randy. I had to I had to tell the people that though. Oh, and he just hung up. I'm sorry about that. No, I was I was going back to you. But uh, who was it? Did you did you catch who who netted it? It was Barzell. Yeah, I know, but. All right, it looks like right now our call is Barzell here. Uh, so Matt Barzell looked like he just uh, netted the game winner. Oh, I can't wait to text my friend that lives in Vegas. She's a Golden Knights fan, and I've been sending her every night the score. Lost to the devil, sent her a text message. She didn't answer it. Blown out by the Rangers, <laughs> sent her a text message. She didn't answer it. And now i got to send her this picture of the TV of, of them saluting the crowd. Ah, oh, I missed it. I sent her a screenshot of the score. Uh Rough trip for the Golden Knights here in the New York, New Jersey metro area. But getting back to the point, if the team you join has not won a Super Bowl in 54 years, has not made the playoffs in 12, and you take them there and you get them there, you talk about legacy. To do it with two different teams and one of them is a hapless team who never, ever seems to ever get it right and you take them to the promised land? That cements your lore, man. This guy will never buy another meal or drink in this city, in New Jersey, in in this area. I'm on board with it. Uh, Let's go to Mike in Westchester. You're up next here on a fan, Mike. Mike, you there? Hey, hi. I wanted to talk about uh, Brett Ma, the Cowboys kicker. Oh, yeah. He finally made a couple. I know. But what do you think? So next year, here's what I'm thinking. June 2023, Lionel Messi, the all-star soccer player who we all know and love, is getting cut from his team. His contract is up. <laughs> what do you say about him coming to the NFL and playing kicker for the Cowboys? Uh, I would say they should try Carly Lloyd first. She's available. I don't know. I don't know if she's got the distance. I've seen him kick 69 yarders in practice, 75 yarders in practice. He can do it. He's done it before, and they have done something like this in college. It's not out of the question. I'm trying to figure out. Carly Lloyd went to Philly and and kicked some in practice. Uh, it was pretty far. 55 yarder. It was Carly Lloyd kicked a 55 yarder, crushed it. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know, Mike. It, it's it's. Nah, I mean it's it's not gonna happen. I mean, good 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 luck with that. It's it's not gonna happen. Uh, but if you wanted to try that experiment, uh, Carly Lloyd 
Uh, she's available. And I know she was paying attention, actually, too, because I saw her tweeting about the Cowboys kicker situation there. It seemed like uh, anybody with a helmet and has ever played soccer or kicked the ball in their life, you just go down to the field level down there in Dallas and uh, and go ahead. We'll have tryouts during the game. But good for him. He finally, he finally nailed one. Danny in Bayshore. You're up next here on a fan. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Danny? Uh, Want to see, uh, uh, first of all, I'm a Bills fan, uh, but a Jets sympathizer for my father. Um, just want to know, why would the Jets waste all that money to bring Aaron Rodgers in for him to potentially, you know, retire in a year if it doesn't work out, when you have a perfectly good candidate in uh, Lamar Jackson? I'm saying that as a Bills fan, you know, that win that they had over us uh, this season, Lamar's uh Lamar, I think, is a better option. Well, you know what? If if the Jets are so hell-bent on you know, spending the money to bring in the quarterback, um, and the money is no object, it's, it's kind of what the owner said, um, He is. He, you wouldn't have to give up any draft picks to get Lamar Jackson, so you can make your team stronger in that sense. For me, Lamar Jackson, I mean, he hasn't won anything. Uh, and to me, you know, in that playoff game, he— I, Maybe he could have played. I mean, he to me, maybe he gave up on that team, and he didn't want to injure himself for his free agency candidate. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I got to, I got to assume he's hungry. You would to think. Win something. You would think. But not with, not with this team that doesn't want to give him that franchise tag early enough to have him to prove to them that they're loyal with it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, you know, he, he's a, he's a great quarterback, right? He's a great quarterback. For me, let me see. Rating his, his rating was the exact same as Aaron Rodgers last year, ninety one point one. So he's a good and quarterback, he's and he's and younger. He's younger, you got mm-hmm. more, you got more years on him at that point. Why, why not? Why not drop the draft picks for a couple more years if you have that young core and in in, uh, in, those, in all those in those guys you list as I have until twenty twenty five? Why yeah. not? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's won MVP. How many? I'm trying to look at how many postseason games he's played in. I mean, when but to me, it's like all right. If if the answer is slapping you in the face and the answer is Aaron Rodgers and you he can probably take you there, I mean. To me, if it's not Aaron Rodgers or, or, or even Tom Brady, dare I even say it, I mean, one, two, three, four. To, to have a guy who's played in four playoff games in his career, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe the, the upside for Lamar Jackson would be that you would not have to give up any draft picks. And then you can fortify your offensive line and, and get whatever else you need in the draft. All right. One last thing before I go. The option for the Bills for their running back, who do you look for that you think that they need to make the big splash this offseason? You mean by free agents, you mean? Even if we have to, we have to send a couple draft picks somewhere. Oof. Uh, what do you um, think? You know what? Well, if the Giants franchise tag Saquon Barkley, he wouldn't be an option. I was going to say Saquon Barkley would be a great option for them. Oh, my God. Imagine. But the, the Giants, in my opinion, should franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Um, man. I would. I, at the end of the day, I don't. I wouldn't want to do that to Dable. I still have love for Dable. <laughs> I know. I know. There's a camaraderie there. How about Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs cool. would be a good pickup for for the um, for the Bills. I don't know what the, the situation out there is for for him in the franchise tag and any of that, but he, he's a great player. Josh Jacobs. Yeah. He'd be great. All right. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Thanks, Danny. Um, the thing is. Yeah, the Bills, for, for how long now? For two seasons. And my same friend that's a Golden Knights fan is a Bills fan. And for how many years have we been talking about, yeah, the Bills don't have a running game. Their running game is their quarterback. That's a problem. But, you know, since from a Jets perspective, it's a great thing.
I was I was at that game when the Jets beat them. But uh, yeah, we could talk about some Giants stuff too. I mean, I think the smart move would be to you have to you have to franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Have to. And um, we could talk some Giants um, contract situation, some Saquon Barkley contract situation. But if you're a Giants uh, supporter, Giants fan, right here, coming up next, I, Danielle McCartan, have some bad news, which could potentially turn worse for the New York Giants. Don't go anywhere. Let me explain. Coming up next. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to WFAN. My name is Danielle McCartan. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Across social media channels. Twitter, Instagram. And Facebook. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. And um, I've got some really bad news that could turn worse for the New York Giants. I don't want to ruin your day. But in the coming days, because I'm on once a week, so we could be talking by this time next week about kind of like a worst-case scenario. Because let me explain. You know how... I know the Giants had this resurgent season this past season. I mean, winning the first round of the playoffs. Who would have thought, right? And, of course, we'll take your Yankees, Mets, Jets, Knicks, Nets, Islander calls. Maybe you're leave, excuse me, leaving the UBS arena. Give me a call, 877-337-6666. But you know how the Giants had this resurgent season last season? They won the first round of the playoffs. You know, they got trounced by the Eagles. But everybody, I think logically can agree that that the Eagles were the better team. On paper and in person, the Eagles were the better team. So, how do I say this? It, it was kind of like a playoff run that, that, I mean, especially winning in that first round, a run that really nobody saw coming. I thought the Giants had, in the beginning of the year, I told you, I thought the Giants had an outside shot of, of making the playoffs. I think I might have said it. I'm not. I don't. I don't remember. But I remember saying they might have had. I'm not sure if I said they're going to. But either way, they made it. They won for the first round. And a big factor to all of that was the dramatic improvement in the New York Giants' defense. I mean, this past season they were top three on on you know third downs as a defense and in red zone percentage as a defense. Dexter Lawrence named first team All Pro in like what everybody. Considered this to be a rebuilding year. Well, Wink Martindale, who told reporters at the end of the season that he did not see the Giants gig as what he called a stepping stone. The same Wink Martindale who met virtually with the Indianapolis Colts for its head coaching position, flew to Indianapolis today, Saturday, the 28th of January, for a second, obviously, in-person interview. And I and actions speak louder than words. But going for that second interview, that's bad news for the New York Giants. Unless, 
Wink Martindale really wants to stay here, and he's trying to leverage the Colts to get the Giants to pay him like a head coach because there are no limits on what a, you you could pay a coach a hundred million dollars if you want. There are no limits, so maybe maybe he's just trying to leverage a higher salary by saying, "Hey, look, I went on a second interview." I'm going to take this Colts job. And the Giants say, wait, wait, we need you. We're going to pay you what they're going to pay you. Maybe. I mean, Jeff Saturday, the last I checked, is still the favorite to land the job. So maybe it'll all work out. Maybe. But add on to that that Mike Kafka interviewed for three different head coaching positions, including a second interview with the Texans on Tuesday. And... The Giants quarterback coach, Shea Tierney, interviewed for the Bucks' offensive coordinator job. I mean, theoretically, that could be three major changes. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and quarterback coach all in one offseason? I mean, could all of this Giants' progress come crashing down? There is a level of danger, certainly. And I guess that's the casualty of being a quote-unquote Good team. So this is a process that none of us around here are used to happening. But, man, I hate to be negative, but being realistic, what a disaster scenario that would be, even if one of those guys is no longer with the Giants next season. 877-337-6666. We go to Waterbury, Connecticut. Ray, you're up on the fan. Hi, Danielle. Good show as usual. Thank you. Thank you. About the Mets, sure. They had an outstanding, they had an outstanding off season. But once they didn't get Korea to upgrade the offense, they needed to me the the, the spot that had to be upgraded was Canna in left field. Mm. At this point in his career, he's a fourth outfielder. Does he lacks punch? And that outfield needs punch. They should have gone, you know, instead of looking for a fourth outfielder, they should have tried to get give Adam Duvall the starting. To, Brought him in here to compete against, compete against Canada to take the job in left field because that's where yeah. you you're not going to count on Beatty and Alvarez in the beginning of the season. Right. They need thumping that outfield. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of any other options. I mean, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You know why 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 are they? You know I don't understand why they had him edged in stone in left field. They kept looking for a fourth outfielder. To me, he. he He's not a, a starter anymore. Uh, my, the only thought that's coming into my mind as you're talking is that that maybe, the, I mean, I know the asking price uh, for that guy from Pittsburgh was, was way too much, but maybe the Mets are just going to just stand pat for now, ride what they have yeah. for now, and then address it at the trade deadline. That's the only thing I'm, that I can think of. That's probably it. But the only thing is I'm tired of that. That's yeah. what the Wilpons would do. Yeah. The bottom line is, what they, when they didn't get Korea, and especially Atlanta's laughing at us now. Yeah, you, I know. I saw that. Yeah. The bottom line is, you know, Cohn's the type that he'll react to that. You know, like you said, maybe they're trying to get Pittsburgh, uh, Brian uh, Reynolds from Pittsburgh, very quietly. You know, we don't. I, I don't think they want to give up the prospects. But to me, they needed a big bat. To, to be equal yeah. with the other two, the other two uh, division yeah. rivals, you know. Yeah. And and if they didn't do it in left field, I think um, they they had to. I thought they should have addressed the DH position, um, right, and they right. didn't. And I and think, that, right. yeah, and that and that's where I think the the big bat 
uh, is, you know, the protection for Pete Alonso in that lineup, right? I, I thought right. it would come from a DH perspective, and they didn't do it. They don't have a fifth-place hitter. And you know, and you know what? The thing about it is that's okay. Then let Beatty or Alvarez win the DH because DH spot in spring training. They're well, kind of ruling them both out. You well, know? the thing is, yeah, and Ray, the thing is about Alvarez is, I mean, he is, I, I saw the list today. Was he number three overall prospect in the league? Number two yeah, overall prospect? He dropped, he dropped, one, dropped to three. one. Okay, okay, so I did yeah. see that, right? So he's number number three prospect, right? But he's not a number three prospect as a DH. He's a number three prospect as a catcher. So if it right. if it's me, the coach of that team or the GM of that team, I'm not bringing him up just to, to let him ride the bench and swing a bat. I want him no, to me. develop as the catcher, right? Which is the thing they should do. Yes. But the thing is, and then you got then you got Vogel back. He's I like him. He's he's a personality and he's a pretty good hitter. But he but he's he wastes a roster spot because he can't do anything. You know what? I saw a picture on Instagram right before I left my yeah. house before. He has lost. Uh, have, have you seen it? He lost a ton of no. weight. Oh That's my good. god! I know he looks great. I'm see if I can pull it up right now. I can retweet that if I yeah. if you follow me on there. But I saw it before and I was like, "Whoa, this is not the same guy." Well, that's good because then you could throw him at first base here and there. Maybe, you know? maybe if he can, you know. But but you know, he, at least he won't clog the bases up as much. I know that's the thing. When that was the problem, I, I pointed that out last year, and they had him hitting, and they had guys that can run behind him, and I'm like, "Why would you do that?" Because you're just clogging up the bases. Any base stealing, forget about it from the guys behind him on base. Right. Right. Oh, I cannot but, you know, find this picture. Sorry. Right. That's that's great news, though. But you know what? I have a funny feeling. Beatty's going to wind up either at third base or in the outfield once he gets his feet wet down. In, he's going he's gonna, uh, to hit in, in AAA, and he's going to come back because he's, he looks like he's ready, to, he's ready to hit now. And I think he's gonna he's gonna cut into Canna's playing time in left field. I just got that feeling. Yeah, you know what? It's not it's not a bad guess. I, I, and I just found it. So do you? Where, how do you follow me, Ray? I'll, I'll put it up for you. Well, I, I I'm um you know I'm an old timer. I just got a flip phone and I got a uh, <laughs> I, I, I get on Twitter, mess Twitter on my TV. Oh, I need to hear. All right. Well, if if you how, maybe just try to Google Daniel Vogelback. Okay, I could, Okay, okay, I'll be able to do that on my TV. Yeah, that that okay. should that should come up. If not, okay. I mean, you can. Okay. Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, he lost not, a lot you, of weight. I will me. tell you that. You, you told me anyway. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome, there, Ray. Huh. I mean, I, I'm putting it up. Sorry about that. I'm I'm putting it up. I just put it on my Instagram story at Coach M C C A R T A N. This is posted one day ago. It's a photo of Daniel Vogelback from his official Twitter account of him and his wife. I guess they're married. Um in a hotel room, and it says, my forever wedding date on our one-year wedding, oh yeah, wedding anniversary, duh, life doesn't suck with you, is what it says, Daniel Volbach, and he is wearing skin-tight, looks like maybe corduroy kind of pants, suede kind of pants, and a very tight-fitting Hawaiian floral pattern shirt going on, and he looks thin. So I just put it up on, on my Instagram story, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A, and I'm just checking to see if he put it up. Does he have an Instagram? I mean, uh, oh, we'll back. Does he have a Twitter? He does not. Okay, so I'm going to tweet it out as well so you can see it there as well. Daniel Vogelback bringing sexy back maybe. <laughs> we should play that song for him. That should be his walk-up song. I don't know, but hey, that's a good sign. It's a really good sign. I mean, the Mets put him on that. Diet. Maybe they knew. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. But I would, when I 
Get into that Mets locker room, that Mets clubhouse. I'm going to ask how he did it. Kevin in Coatesville, you're up on the fan in New York City. Hi, Daniela. Hi. Uh, um, you're one of my favorites. Uh-oh. Paul, what happened to him? we got to get him back. You're one of my favorites, and he's gone. Oh, no. we got to get him back. Let me know when you get him back. Call in. 877-337-6666. Call us right back. I don't know what happened there. Kevin in Camden, you're up next here on The Fan. Hey, what's up, Coach? How are you? Great. How are you? It's great to be back. It's been a, it's been a minute. Uh, first, I want to talk about the Giants, and then I'll finish with the Mets. Uh, the Giants, I I, I would I, – I agree with you about the, the, the franchise tag with Barkley, but there was a report – I forget who reported it, but I saw that if he was tagged, they said that if, if Barkley was tagged, he would, be, he would be upset about it because he wants a new deal. Yeah, well – I mean, for, for me, I would do. I mean, I, if I had to pick between the two, I'd pick Jones because Jones is the more important position anyway. Yeah, but you know what, though, Kevin? The way the math, from a Giants perspective, a team perspective, the way the math works out, it'd be more cost effective for them to offer Daniel Jones the contract rather than the franchise tag and offer Saquon Barkley the franchise tag rather than the contract. I agree. And you, and you did say, and I remember just before the season, because we talked about this. We both we both said they would win nine games. We both said they would make it. So we both did. I did. Okay. You did. You did. Yes. I, I, we both said they would make it. I mean, we we didn't. I don't think we thought they would win a game, but we thought they would make it. Yeah, I definitely did not think the Giants were going to win a game. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. And I guess that's like uh, losing Wink would be. I, I can tell us about Kaka, but Wink. Yeah. That's got to be that's the loss that killed me. And I'm not even sure. I'm not even willing really to ready to discuss. The offseason, yeah, because I'm still trying to recover from that game. Because as you know, I lost a bet and I had to wear that to work. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was, I'm telling you, that was pain. Kevin sent I, me a message and he had to wear a uh, a an Eagles sweatshirt yeah, to work. That was that was pain, and I mean, it was everybody was just uh, everybody like uh, everybody sent me condolences. I got a thing of tissues. I'm like, it's going to be the longest, and it was the longest three uh, three hours of my life, but. You know, I'm glad it's over, and I'm, you know, I'll talk about the offseason when it gets to it. Now, real quick about the Mets, because I, I, I told you a few weeks ago, I did not trust Boris, and mm-hmm. lo and behold, I mean, Boris, I knew the minute, the more, it, I was starting to think this too, the more it dragged on, you, you were saying it a few weeks ago, you thought it was good news, the no news was bad news, Yeah, because I, I was like, this is not good, there was nothing coming out. And all of a sudden, you see the the, the report coming out that he's coming out. He's going to renegotiate Minnesota. And the minute I saw that, I'm thinking he's going back to Minnesota. And I, and I, I was holding out hope, but I was like, forget it. This is it, it, in the Mets. And you say what you want, and I know that people might kill me for them. The Mets failed. The Mets failed this offseason because yeah, the pitching is maybe better than it was last year, but you still got the same freaking lineup out there. You, I mean, the DH isn't addressed. I mean. Your offense is middle of the pack. I mean, I, I just but Kevin, I, I think it, you, you needed a big bat in there and you failed it. Well, maybe two things. Shift the perspective and maybe say to yourself, okay, well, the Mets didn't want Carlos Correa. They had concerns as well as, as the Giants did. So maybe it's a good thing that it wasn't him. But in the meantime, as you know better than anybody, I was advocating for that big bat that big pop in the lineup to come from the DH position, and the Mets yep. did not address it. That's no, a problem. 
No, that's yeah, you're right. Because Brian Reynolds would have cost too much, but you said it. Justin Turner, I mean, I, I forget who else you mentioned, but I know there, there were some bats that you could have gotten on the cheap. I mean, heck, I mean, and I know we would have been a risk, but, you know, go with your familiarity. I know he's with the Giants now, but mm-hmm. I, I would have, I mean, hey, just try to get something in there because Tommy Pham? Yeah. The guy who's known for his fantasy football outbursts, that's, what, that's the only thing I think about when I think when I see him now. I'm like, this is what the, and, and, and I, I, I partially, and that's maybe just me, but Cohen should not have opened his mouth. When well, Cohen, right. When Cohen, when Cohen did say, oh, it, it, he's what we needed. And I'm like, this is not, it, it, you know, maybe he learned his lesson, which he, he should have. But this was a bad, I mean, it was just a bad thing. And I never, I never felt, and I told these people, I never felt confident Curry was going to the Mets. You know, when they reported it and they yeah. announced it, I never felt confident with it. Yeah, well, Kevin. I said, some just didn't feel right about it. I know. And, and, and I thought, and thanks for your call there, Kevin. I thought that no news was good news. On that front, and I was like, don't worry, they're working it out. It's probably taking a long time because they're just kind of combing through, you know, figuring, you know, line by line, going through the contract, trying to put in some, uh, uh, what's it called? Some, you know, reinforcements in that contract. And don't worry, it's it's fine. And, 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 I, and I was wrong. But you know what? From a Mets perspective, if he wasn't what you, what you were expecting him to be, based on the number of years where you were going to give him and you were concerned, two Major League Baseball clubs were concerned about it. You know what? Maybe that was a smart, prudent move on, on, on behalf of the Mets. And and as far as the, you know, addressing the bat and the big bat, I mean, Kevin said, Justin Turner was on my list. I had J.D. Top of, top, tippy top of that list, I had Josh Bell was number one. And then I had like, 2A and 2B combo of like J.D. Martinez and Justin Turner just to be the bat. And the Mets didn't, they were in, they were in trouble. And then Duvall off the market, Cutchin, he could have been a good fourth outfielder if you're going to keep Kana. Um, but yeah, the Mets, Mancini, I mean, Mancini's still out there, right? Did he sign anywhere? Trey Mancini, Mancini in English. Let's see. Trey Mancini. Giant uh, team. Playing for Space Cubs. Is the Cubs? I don't know if these are... Um, yeah, Cubs. Well, he's off the market there, too. I got to update my notes. So so the Mets kind of... I don't know, man. I guess they're going to have to make some moves at the trade deadline. Because other than that, I don't see where the pop is going to be. Where the, Where they're where the protection is going to be in that lineup. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. We can ramp up some Aaron Rodgers uh, talk again. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. It's it To me, it's a no-brainer. You bring the guy in, you're an immediate, instant Super Bowl contender. Joe Namath told our Tiki and Tierney that made national news. Great for them. Let's give credit where credit's due that he would unretire number 12 for Aaron Rodgers to come and play for the Jets. I mean, let's start rolling out the red carpet, everybody. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till one here on the fan. Manning takes the knee of the New York Giants on the Super Bowl 42 champion. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17 to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan with you till one. 
keeping a lively night. Some baseball mixed in. If you're a Giant fan, you should be a little worried that your offensive coordinator has gone on two interviews uh, with uh, the Texans for their head coach position. Uh, your, your defensive coordinator has gone on two interviews with the Colts for their head coach position. And your quarterback's coach, who has coached Daniel Jones up to a renaissance sort of season, is has interviewed for the Bucks offensive court. This, this could be uh, a, a bad situation for the Giants moving forward. And as far as the New York Jets, I mean, we had a caller before who said he would rather have Jameis Winston over Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's silly talk. The answer is 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 has never been more clear for the Jets. You know, I always put Aaron Rodgers into this upper echelon of, of quarterbacks like the you know, unattainable. The Jets would never get a guy like that. They can't get a guy like that. But you know what? The headline on what was it, Thursday? Should have just read all it needed to say was Jets brought in Nathaniel Hackett to lure uh, Aaron Rodgers to New York. Because Aaron Rodgers lost him this past season, and he had like a air quotes down season. But before that, 2001, and even before that, 2020, Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs, fifth player in the history of the game to do it, back-to-back MVPs at his age. And and his, I'll go back to the down year. The New York Jets haven't seen a quarterback put up for the season a 91.1 rating since I was in eighth grade. And that was Chad Pennington in the year 2002. The answer is really obvious. You want to be an instant contender in a grueling American football conference with the likes of Mahomes and Allen and Burrow. And we'll put Herbert in there to a lesser degree. And, and, and maybe the Jaguars are going to come out and you know improve upon what they did this year with, uh, with uh, Trevor Lawrence. You go down that list. Where do the Jets fit in? Right where they are. Right where they ended up without a difference-making quarterback. 877-337-6666. Steve in Manhattan. And by the way, that difference-making quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Steve, you're up here on the fan. All right, Danielle. And there are no guarantees. Uh, Look, the Chargers are just the opposite of the Jets. The Chargers last 40 years had three franchise quarterbacks, Fouts, Breeze, Rivers, they didn't win nothing. And uh, I would say bring in Rodgers, bring in Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. definitely bring him in. A lot of Jeff fans will have flashbacks seeing him wear number 12. And uh, to me, I don't believe there's any offensive coordinator that's on par with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers yeah. right now could walk up to the offensive line, mm-hmm. go up to talk to the lineman, go up to the line of scrimmage. He could read that defense, mm-hmm. and he can make adjustments right there at the line of scrimmage. There's nothing he that's hasn't why- seen. I didn't hear what you said, what? I said there's nothing he hasn't seen yet. Of course, yes, he's going to do that. Yes, he raises the level of everybody on that field. Exactly. And uh, you got to bring him in because it's just, listen, there's no five-year plans with this team. There's no. no future. You go for it right now. And I would also, I mean, this is a shot in the dark, too. I would try to drag Gronk out of retirement because Gronk, destroys defensive linemen when he's blocking. Mm. He gets out there, he destroys linebackers, and he makes a catch. He's dragging the whole defensive backfield into the end zone. I, I would love to see I'd love to see the Gronk there. And um, listen, 
the Jet fans have to understand. Listen, we don't draft quarterbacks. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. And the, the, the uh, in training camp, there's no such thing as quarterback competition. It's nonsense because you know the other teams they play little leaguers out there. They don't play really good players. I believe in reps is really the way of doing it. That guy out in San Francisco, Purdy, was a four-year star in Iowa. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not the pros, but he's getting a lot, a lot of action in there. And it's the reps that do it, not competition. It's nonsense. A guy could get high. That doesn't mean that's your quarterback. And now, as far as the 49ers, Danielle, I would say I, I just I just look at that 49er defense, and I look at, at Nick Boza. They don't even run toward Nick Boza. That's yeah. how much respect this guy gets. Yeah. He's a beast. And if, let me tell you, if you're watching that game tomorrow and you start looking at him, even though the quarterback still has the ball, and you're looking for him to just knock out the quarterback – if he's playing like a beast tomorrow, game, set, match, yep. over. Yep, totally agree. Steven, one thing I would say, and I was just kind of searching up, just looking on, on the internet here, how about this? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? And you know who's a, you know Gronk, I don't know. I don't know if Gronk would do that to Brady. I think he's only picking up the phone if Tom Brady's phone number is on it. But Robert, is it Tunyon? Robert Tunyon Jr.? He's the tight end of the Packers. He's a free agent next year. Market value, $5 million. That's nothing. Can you imagine Rodgers bringing over his tight end? That that guy is a great – he catches 80% of the balls thrown his way. I, I That would be that would be something. Well, I agree with you. If you, if you bring in Rodgers, you bring in weapons to him too. And um, if I was the general manager, you know, this is a pie in the sky – I would tell the, the Packers, listen, we get Rodgers. We know he's good. We're going to have a winning record. So you don't want our draft choices right now. We'll give you our draft choices somewhere down the line. We yeah. want him now, and we'll draft some offensive line yep. linemen. But I, lo- I like the Gronk. And also, I'd like to see in camp, Danielle, the Stetson Rodeo, Stetson Bennett. The thing with him, they're going to hold his height against him. Doug Flutie was a guy who was, like, blackballed from his league. And when he got into the NFL, he was a pretty darn good quarterback. He wasn't that big. They listed him at 5'10". Mm-hmm. I've seen Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie was not 5'10", and that guy could play. I think he could bring Stetson in, keep him on the taxi squad. And because, uh, listen, the general offensive lineman will determine who the quarterback is, and I hate to see that. Yeah, and, and and thanks for the call there, Steve. Good call. I, I Stetson Bennett uh, is is projected to go as a third round pick. So hey, see what happens, right? But uh, the Jets are totally win now. I mean, completely and total, totally and utterly win now, and that's the way it should be. Let's go to uh, John in Manhattan. You're up next here on a fan. Good evening, Danielle. Uh, great show. You do a really good job. Thank you. I have a really cool uh, Aaron Rodgers story. Tell me. <clears throat> About four years ago, uh, I'm an actor. This isn't about me. This mm-hmm. is about him. And I, uh, a film that I was in premiered downtown in the village. And we went to the after party down into one of those cool little bars there in the West Village. Mm-hmm. And I was there. And, you know, it's like a Hollywood party. It's weird, man. I was, like, standing there. And this guy comes up to me starts talking to me. He's like, yo, I, I, I really liked what you did in the film. And it was really convincing. And... I said, thanks, and, and I'm looking at him, and uh, he's going on and on, and he's asking me, how did you do that, and, 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 and what does it take when you're acting to learn the lines and all that? Mm-hmm. My friend comes over to me and says, that's, that's Aaron Rodgers. No way. Yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers. He was, Danielle, he was this cool, 
It was the year that he said that he was going to run the table. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I said to a man, I was rooting for you because you were doing it. And he was doing it with injured guys. And I asked him two questions. I said, number one, when you have 2,000 pounds of men on top of you, Mm -hmm. how do you get off the ground? And he says, you just get up and keep moving. And then I said to him, he said to me, who do you root for? I said, well, I'll be honest with you. I was a Joe Montana fan, but I'm definitely an Aaron Rodgers fan. He says, you're saying that because I'm standing here. (laughs) No, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan because you're all that. And he said, who do you root for? I said, well, uh, the Jets. And I I swear, Danielle, I said to him, I wish you'd come to the Jets. He says, you never know. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That was four years ago. Oh, man. And you know what? He was in this, we were in this little place, one of them little bars there in the West Village. He was a face in the crowd. Yep. No attitude. As cool. And we hung out, man. We hung out for hours. Other people came around. We started talking about all sorts of different things. It wasn't about him at all. Like if uh, somebody earlier said, if, if you didn't know it was him. You wouldn't have known it was him. Wow. He wasn't like, hey, by the way, I'm Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, it right. It's cool, man. And I really hope, I, I think personally that if Joe Willie, who was a hell of a quarterback and who was the king of New York, if he called in on a national radio show and said he'd be willing to give up the number, the deal is done because he already knows. The mm. deal is done. Mm. Let's go. Let's go, John. That's a Let's really... That's a really cool story there. And it- we got to go to the break here. I'm sorry. Paul, did you do that or did I hit that by accident? I must have hit that by accident. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, cool story. And, and you know what? You're right. I mean, maybe, you know, it wasn't national. It was right here. It's Brandon Tierney and Tiki Barber who, who he said that too, that he would give up number 12. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe the puzzle pieces have already fallen into place. We'll see what happens. But uh, immediate Super Bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers on this chess roster. Quick break. Kevin Dexter's here with an update, and I'm with you at the top of the 11 o'clock hour here on The Fan. Go for it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. My name is Danielle McCartan. He is Paul Rosenberg on the ones and twos with some Hardwell. My favorite. Love Hardwell. Yeah, I just love it. I could listen to this all. Um, maybe, Paul, we can work in uh, Flowers by Miley Cyrus next break. <laughs> DJ Paul. Paul R. I just love that song. I can't get that song out of my head. Um, all right, so we're here on a Saturday night. Live from New York. It's Saturday night. Uh, and congratulations are in order. And I'm just about, by the way, wait, hold on. I'm just about to put up a poll on Twitter, and I wrote Aaron Rodgers, colon, a New York Jet. Choice A. I like doing, like, emphatic choices, like, hell yeah, or hard pass. Right? And I never like giving the middle road. Like, nah, just hell yeah or hard pass. Either you want them or you don't. Question mark. I'm going to tweet this at Coach M C C A R T A N. You go ahead and take take a vote because I am in the hell yeah category. So Aaron Rodgers, a New York Jet? Question mark. Hell yeah or hard pass? My vote 
is hell yeah. 877-337-6666. Uh, before we give congratulations to Jeff McNeil, we'll go to Richard in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hi, Danielle. Hey. Danielle, I've got a great quarterback story similar to the uh, guy's story about Aaron Rodgers. But first, Aaron Rodgers is going to want to have to come here. That's the whole thing we, got, we mm-hmm. can't forget. Uh, you know, as long as he wants to be here, committed to New York, committed to the Jets, I, I would give up three number one draft choices for this guy. It would be such a shot in the arm for New York. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when Favre came here. Mayor Bloomberg, who knows nothing about sports and certainly knows nothing about Pac, uh, 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 Green Bay and Brett Favre, he gave Favre, he, he was in City Hall and Favre, I think the first day he came to New York, got the keys to New York. Uh, uh, Bloomberg. That's how big it was. Mm-hmm. And he was great for that one year. Of course, he had ulterior, ulterior motives. And, you know, he was working out his own deals on the side. He did get hurt, but it was a great one year. And uh, I, you know, I heard Mike Tannenbaum, they asked him, was that a failure would happen? I, I agree with him. It was a great success having Favre here for one year. Now, let well, me give until, you... Well, until yeah. he had the biceps tendon injury. Yeah. I mean, he was 8-3, and three, and then it went down yeah, the drain from there. Yeah, and he there. got hurt, and we right. didn't know about it. Uh, right. I'll give you a quick quarterback story mm-hmm. I met, and this is really funny. Forty years ago, November of 83... My cousin is getting married up in uh, Franklin, Massachusetts, right outside of Foxborough where the uh, Patriots play. It was the weekend before Thanksgiving, so it's almost 40 years ago. I go up to, I go, we go to the uh, wedding. My mother, my father, we all go, my whole family, we're up there. And the Cleveland Browns are staying in the hotel. So, of course, I'm like a maniac there. I go, <laughs> the, the coach of the Browns is an, uh, an Italian guy from... Uh, Brooklyn, who knew the head coach of my uh, high school team, Brooklyn Tech, Brooke, uh, Adam Cirillo, they coached against each other, and we were talking. His name was Sam Retigliano. He was very nice. I introduced my mother to him. We go talking. He was very nice. But the quarterback on the on the uh, Browns at that time was just like Aaron Rodgers. He was a you know they were talking about him leaving. Brian Sipe, his name was. He was very good for Cleveland. Not on the level of uh, Aaron Rodgers, but there were rumors of him leaving. But believe it or not, it wasn't to go to, to come to New York, but it wasn't to go to the Jets or the Giants. It was to come to the U- United States Football League Generals, the New Jersey Generals, mm-hmm. who Trump owned later on and messed that. the whole league up by, by messing yes. while he tried to challenge the NFL. That's not the story right. here. Anyway... There were rumors that he was going to come to the uh, New Jersey Generals. So he was there with the Browns, and they're playing the, uh, they were going to play New England. So I go up to Brian. I'm with my cousin. We're talking. We're kidding around. He says, Brian, we hear you're coming to New Jersey. You're going to come to New York. You're going to play for the Generals. And he really got mad. He got mad at me. He what? says, look, don't. Because, well, he was still with the Browns. And he says, look, don't start any rumors back in New York. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Anyway, yeah. he ended up coming to New Jersey. And, uh, so it was he, true. Oh, yeah, New Jersey. And it was a fun league. For a few years, I thought that league was really going to take off. You know, they started playing in March, mid-March, right after the NFL start finished, and ended in early June. And for about three or four, uh, Herschel Walker played, and, you know, Steve Young played in those. Oh, it was Jim, uh, Jim Kelly played. 
But the generals were, and I, I'm pretty yeah. Brian Seib came to the generals, and we were we watched him. Herschel Walker was there. It was a lot of fun. But anyway, that was my story. I thought you'd get a kick. Yeah. Always a pleasure, Danielle. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Richard. I, I I always I always love those stories like that and coincidental run-ins. Like I remember one night we talked about who. Which uh, which athlete specifically athlete? Which athlete did you meet at a uh, uh, another game? And that was born out of was it last February? February before? I think it was last February. Um, I went to visit my cousins in Tampa, and we were at a lightning game, just a random lightning game. It was like on a weeknight, I think. And um, Rob Gronkowski was there, and we met Rob Gronkowski at the lightning game. So that's kind of I, I kind of I, I love those stories. Those like uh, you know chance kind of things. Um. So yeah, so uh, some baseball. You know, we talk a lot of football. We can do both. We can keep keep it going with both eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. But some congratulations are in order for uh, Jeff McNeil, Mets second baseman Jeff McNeil, pending the physical, of course. So you know the Mets learned their lesson, as a caller said before. The Mets learned their lesson. Of uh, announcing it, you know, putting the cart before the horse, so to speak, but uh, pending physical, uh, which the Mets know, you know, everything about Jeff McNeil. So rest assured, I can't imagine that he would not pass the physical, but uh, congratulations to him. He's a homegrown guy. He is still somehow one of the most underrated second basemen in the game of baseball at the moment. And... Remember when, when when you were here calling up and, and telling me sure, I Siri doesn't understand it, but maybe you do. You were calling up and trade him, trade him, he stinks. Like in the Javi Baez era. Hey, Jeff McNeil, there's no use for him. He stinks and and dump him. First chance they get, dump him. And I said, No, no, no. Kate, he's gonna be fine. Stick with him. He's a good player. He gets on base, he puts the bat to the on the ball. Keep him. And look what happened. Four years, a $50 million extension, and a club option in 2027 that can make the deal worth just under $64 million. It is a tremendous value contract for the Mets and a tremendous player and key cog in, in the Mets' mission to, to win a World Series, Jeff McNeil. And obviously, he, he won the NL batting title last year. He hit 326. Which, Freddie, he beat Freddie Freeman out. Batting average is three numbers, right? So when you look at it like a decimal, he beat Freddie Freeman out by three hundredths of a decimal point. Now you look at what Jeff McNeil is going to be making per year over the next four years, potentially even five. I don't, I don't know if I factored in the fifth, but $12.5 million, something like that. Freddie Freeman is making $14.5 million more than McNeil. $14.5 million more than McNeil. And McNeil's a better player. Sorry. And in, in case you were wondering, the only other Met that won a batting title for the New York Mets ever in the history of the Mets, Jose Reyes, 2011. And, you know, I went back, and after Jeff McNeil won that batting title, he said, quote, I'm hard on myself. I think everyone knows that but I expect to be a 300 hitter every single year. This is where I want to be. This is the player I want to be for the rest of my career. Now he's rewarded four years, $50 million extension, a 2027 club option, 
makes a deal, $64 million. Congratulations to Jeff McNeil. He's a, he's a two-time All-Star currently. He's a batting champion. He's going to turn 31 on, on April 8th. So this is going to take him until he's, what, 36, 37? A homegrown Met for life, it sounds to me. And, and even if it doesn't, for whatever reason, maybe it doesn't work out, for whatever reason, at twelve and a half million dollars a year, that's easy tradable money. That that's an easily tradable player. It's not like the Yankees who are locked in for I think it's twenty five million dollars. I think it is off the top of my head for for Josh Donaldson. It could be twenty two, anywhere between twenty two and twenty five. I forgot um, what it was, but um, twelve point five is way easier to move than 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 that number for Donaldson. The Yankees are stuck with Josh Donaldson, unfortunately. So great job all around. Congratulations to Jeff McNeil. And uh and 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 he's a key cog for for the Mets if they plan on getting to the World Series, which I think honestly, the, the way the teams are constructed right now on the on the twenty eighth of January, I think the I think the Mets have a better chance to make the World Series than the Yankees. I hate I hate to do that. I don't like pinning pinning the teams against each other, but if you ask me right now, I'd say the Mets have a better chance. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six and 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 if Aaron Rodgers became a Jet, oh man, the the, the maybe you want to get your Jets. Fu- you know what? I might do this. Get your Jets futures bets in now. Jets to win the Super Bowl. Because if Aaron Rodgers comes, man, man oh man, the Jets are going to be immediate contenders. Immediate. Again, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. We go to Jackson Heights, and Paul's up on the phone. Hey, great show. Thank you. Um, I love Joe Namath, and if he he wants Aaron Rodgers here and is willing to, uh, you know, let Rodgers wear his uniform number, I say go for it. I mean, that's magic, magic. You can't get more magical than that. Right. And, and Jets anyway. And um Right. I mean if it listen, if if Joe Namath, who is the holy grail, right, of, of among Jets fans, right? Yeah. If he calls into Brandon Tierney and Tiki Barber and says, I give my blessing, the you know, Pope Namath says he gives his blessing for the Jets to reuse number twelve, if that's what it takes to land Aaron Rodgers, then so be it. Go do it. I mean, come on. Let's go. I'm there. And can I say something about Jeff McNeil? Sure. I'm a, I'm a huge Mets fan. I think this is a great signing for the Mets. And I'm shocked. I can't believe that Jeff McNeil signed for so little money. You know, I, I thought the same thing from a from a player perspective. I thought he yeah. I thought I thought the same thing. It was it was it was a little bit. It was not a lot. But I, I don't know if that says to the character of, of the guy, you know, you're like, hey, like, he's a team first guy. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, that's the thought that came to my mind. But again, I was I, in my mind, I was like, you got, the rich, you got the richest owner in, in professional sports, I think, and, and, and you're taking a kind of hometown discount? Huh. Uh, I mean, this this is, this guy every year hits over 320. Yeah. Every year he's in he's, uh, contention to win a batting title. He's a decent fielder. You know, I yeah. mean, he, he's got some good gloves. Yep. I mean, he's worth like $20 million. <laughs> And he signed for 12.5. Win. That's what, a win. What, 
what happened there? That's what I want to know. There's got to be some stuff on in the contract, like, okay, you'll have a job with the Mets for life or something down the road, or I don't know. I, well, what do I know? I just want them <laughs> to win. Yeah, I don't know. I'm happy. I'm not sad. I'm just, like, scratching my head. Well, scratch your head in a good way there, Paul, because Jeff McNeil, who, I mean, is an excellent player. One of the, the toughest strikeouts in Major League Baseball. I mean, he only struck out 10.4% of his, his, his times at the plate. I mean, Jeff McNeil signs for $12.5 million. I mean, I don't know who his agent is, but uh, I don't know if I'd sign up for, for, for that person. But uh, for the Mets, it's a fantastic deal. And, and you talked about his defense there, Paul. Defensive runs saved. Uh, ultimate zone rating, outs above average. I mean, he is a really strong second baseman. And that's why I was so upset when they brought in Javi Baez, that Javi Baez experiment, you know? Um, and, and, and by the way, if you need Jeff McNeil to play the outfield in a pinch, we were talking before about who could be playing left field for the Mets. If he needed him in a pinch, he could also do that. Although I hated it. I hated when I saw him out there. He could do it. Um, I'm just trying to figure out if there are any, like, escalators in this deal, and, and nothing I'm seeing, uh, you know, you know, make it, the, the World Series, this bonus, be named MVP, this bonus. I don't, I don't see it, but, I mean, this is kind of fairly new news, so, so that, that hasn't, uh, really been out yet. I don't, I don't think, uh, nothing I can find. So if you can find that, tweet me, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And as I sit here, you know, I'm actually... Right now, I gotta log in. Um, I'm picking. Oh, maybe I shouldn't give it away. Eh, maybe I will. Because if you want to do it, you can. Uh, on Fanduel, I don't know whatever sponsors we have, but on Fanduel, I'm I'm here now. I've got. I'm gonna place a ten dollar wager for the, the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl at plus seven fifty odds. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I would just love to know which. Ben Wagon, are you jumping on in this NFL championship weekend? And for me, I, I'm and I know I'm I, maybe I should do the 49ers to beat the Bengals too, but I'm jumping on the the 49ers Congusta con wagon. What is it called? A, a Conestoga wagon. I'm jumping on the 49ers Conestoga wagon. I'm headed west. Uh, call me, Daniel McCartan, 877-337-6666, and tell me, tell us, which bandwagon you're jumping on for the remainder of this NFL season. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets have acquired Mike Piazza from the Florida Marlins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. My name is Danielle McCartan. As we come back from break with uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn from um, the Beastie Boys. Might I remind you that the Brooklyn Nets, it was raining three-pointers in the Barclays Center. They hit a season high, in fact. Um, and it wasn't just chucking them up and hoping they go in. They were they were, they were were pretty, pretty, mostly well-thought-out three-point shots. And uh, Kyrie Irving 
Talk about the weird, right? Aaron Rodgers, he's he's a weird dude, right? Kyrie Irving, listen, there hasn't been any problem with him this season, right? Um, there there hasn't, and then they'd be winning, and and it's fine, it's all fine. So as as long as Aaron, people can start. Oh, he's a weird dude. Okay, but we had a caller before said he ran into him in a bar not far from here. It was totally cool. I met him one time. You know, when I work with the Giants, totally cool. So, okay, sure, he, he goes on these these weird trips and all that, but but who, you know what? Who cares if the guy wins and wins it all, adds another ring to his jewelry box, which, by the way, he only has one. If he does it with a team that has been in despair and hasn't seen a Super Bowl in 54 years, I mean, what a legend. What a legend. I had a tweet come in. I'm just trying to find it here uh, from... Oh, who is it? Ugh. Somebody said, "Oh yeah, uh, uh, at Forgotten NY." Kevin Walsh said, "Come on, Danielle, get someone who won't get someone who won't be in a retirement village in a few years." Well, if he's got two, one, one, just one more Super Bowl ring to bring with him to that retirement village with the Jets green color on it, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. He is a guy that comes into your locker room, immediately teaches your team how to win, how to besides the winning, how to practice, how to study, how to how to how to control your you know everything. He's the whole package. He can help the the head coach. He gets up to the line. He would make, as we said before, offensive linemen better immediately. He would hold receivers accountable for running the right routes and, and studying the right way and teaching them. Tendencies and this and I mean he, he, he Aaron Rodgers is a whole package man. He's there's nothing he hasn't seen before in the league schematically, defensively, schematically. Jets would be an immediate contender. Immediate. Uh, let's go in the order that you called here. Jay in Nagatuck, Connecticut. You're up on the fam. Jay, what's going on? How you doing tonight? I'm good. Good. How are you? Very good. So first off, with the the Knicks game tonight, I mean, twenty two three pointers. I can't be too, too disappointed with this game because they, the Nets just shot unreal tonight. Yep, unreal tonight. You know, it, you know, gotta give it to them tonight. I mean, uh, 50, so, the Nets were fifty-five percent from from three point. I mean, uh, that's you know, it's uh, daggers. Every, every thirty footer I heard going in, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's one point. You know, not too bad. Not too disappointed after that Celtics victory the other night. It's really good. So. Yep. The McNeil deal, what a steal that is. I mean, this is a guy that's that dedicated and really wants to be on this team. And he could have got probably seven, eight million more per year if he probably. really wanted to elsewhere if he didn't yep. want to stay. But uh, uh, that's a great bargain right there. Really and that's, great and, bargain. And, Jay, also a testament to what the Mets are building because he didn't want to go out and get that money elsewhere, which we all, I think we all agree that he could have. He chose to stay. Oh, yeah. You know absolutely. what that says? That says a lot, actually. Yeah, excellent, excellent deal. Well, you know, and then coming off our giant season, you know, the expectations weren't there where they were going to be this year and to really surprise everybody and do as well as they did and then take out, you know, a playoff game right off the uh, the first round and then, you know, facing a really tough team that's uh, uh, had potentially go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling that, but – you know, um, what are you thinking about tomorrow? I, I'm, you know, me being a Giant fan, I cannot go with the Eagles. 
uh, sorry, or the Cowboys if they were going to be there. But yeah. I did like seeing Fran, and I had picked KC weeks and weeks ago to go to the bowl with KC winning it all, even with the Mahomes injury. I think people are just going to, they're writing him off and thinking Burrow is going to go back again. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't see it that way. I don't think so either. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think Patrick. Sure. I, you know what? I pick Patrick Mahomes tomorrow as anytime touchdown scorer because I think he's going to run the first touchdown in and be like, "Screw you, my ankle's fine." Yeah, I, I did that exactly. I mean, I think in people that are that that's what the consensus I've been hearing is that his ankle's bad, he's not going to make it. But I think he's sayers that are going to say, "Oh, well, his ankle was hurt. That's why he couldn't do it this time." Nah, and. We're gonna. I think he's gonna surprise some people tomorrow. I think so too. I'm with you on that one, Jay. Um, and 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 also too, the question I guess he's he's answering is, well, which bandwagon are you jumping on? I'm jumping on the 49ers band, bandwagon. Let's go to uh, Jesse in Seaford, New York. You're up next here on a fan. Hey Danielle, thank you for taking my call. Thanks for um, I uh, just real quick before I get into uh, two points. Uh, the first thing I'm gonna go Cincinnati over the Eagles. I think uh, okay. Purdy's magic is going to run out, unfortunately, in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if he's ever seen a hostile crowd like that before. Um, and I also just like the Bengals to win it uh, because Joe Burrow is ready for this stage. He's yes. ready to beat Kansas City again yep. in Kansas City. He's going to show them, you know, I think they would have beat the Bills if that game continued, uh, you know, in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're just hitting their stride at the right time. Um, but I really wanted to call about Jeff McNeil. Yeah. Um, everybody's saying it's a bargain, it's a steal, but you know what it is? It's it's seeing a baseball player who knows where he wants to be. Yep. Doesn't care about the money. You know, he obviously knows he's going to have enough money to live the rest of his life, the rest of his kids' life and grandkids' life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, taking care of it the right way. But uh, he wants to win with this team, and that that shows something. Uh, and I think it should stand for something in in New York. Um, not everybody can play in this market, can play in this area. And I feel like he's a gamer, and he can. You looked at the Grom, he ran away as soon as he could. He put his tail between his legs, didn't want to stay here, and he's going to go to Texas and finish the rest of his career playing for a below 500 team. Yep. And uh, and, ca- and counting you know, his dollars Jeff, on the way to the bank, which is fine. Good for him. Right. Yeah, good for him. Fine. Exactly. But, uh, you know, if McNeil gets that ring, he's going to be, you know, this is that's the type of guy, like you said, he's a piece that you need in a World Series team. Yep. He's not the guy that's going to hit 40 home runs a year. He's not the gold glover who's going to, you know, rob home runs and, and, and be a big war guy with the defensive stats, but he's going to be a 300 hitter that continues to get to your big guys and continues to move through the lineup. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that he decided to stay with us. And especially with the Mets now going forward, they know that they can have some flexibility in payroll to be able to give Alonzo money, you know, to be able to go out and possibly go get a Tani next year. Yep. So I think it was a smart move on his part to lock up some years with the team he wants to play for. Yep. Uh, and I also, just like his, his dedication to the team. Um, and then just one last point. I just I don't get it. I'm a Giants fan, but I don't get why everybody wants Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I feel like this guy is a loose cannon. I feel like he is somebody who might go to New York and then become a, a recluse almost. He might not want to be in the media. He might not want to be the talk of the town. And uh, he likes playing in Green Bay because it's quiet. It's different media. But when he starts losing three games, you know, he starts his career with the Jets maybe one and three or two and four. You know, he's not going to be – I think he's just a guy that likes to – he gives up. I don't, I don't see him as a winner. I don't see him as a person that will do well in New York. And I, I feel like as a, as 
for the Jets, it would be a bad decision to try to give up a lot of draft capital, give up a lot of assets when they're doing good right now in their rebuild. So I just I feel like it would be something where they, they might take one step forward to move three steps back. Well, and, you know, and, and he's learning a whole new system, and, it, and it to, it's to be expected. I mean, Tom Brady didn't really get the huge hang of it for a couple of weeks in Tampa Bay when he first got there. But once he got the hang of it, it was all good. So I guess that would be my job and your job is to kind of temper the expectations of Aaron Rodgers right in the beginning if, 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 if he were to be a Jet moving forward. Um, but to me, I see a guy who's weird, eccentric, yes, who wants to win. And, and and can do it. He immediately makes the team better. I think the Jets are our Super Bowl contender with him on the team. And, and and who cares if he doesn't want to talk to the media? Fine. You know, Bill Belichick, he doesn't like talking to the media. He does it. Right. You know, who right. cares? Nah, yeah, I guess you're right. As long as he gets the wins, he gets into the playoffs. And and they, they, people nobody, will leave him alone. Nobody cares what he does. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, I just want to say thank you for taking my call, Danielle. I love listening to you. And uh, have a great rest of your evening. Thanks, Jesse. I appreciate that. Thanks for picking up the phone. And making the call, of course. This this show doesn't run, really, with, with without the callers. So I appreciate each and every one of you, of course. Um, to Staten Island now. And Joe, you're up here on the fan. Hey, Danielle, we were just tweeting, and I figured I'd give you a call. Oh, well, look at you. Man of your word. Thanks, Joe. What's up? There you go. Well, you're talking about bandwagons. Yes. And I've, I've been on the Joe Burrow Cincinnati bandwagon from the beginning. Uh, the kid's a winner. Mm-hmm. Hasn't lost a bowl game, hasn't lost a playoff game. Only game he has lost was the bowl last year against a stacked Ram team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're you're going the other way, and believe me, I love Patrick Mahomes. But with a good ankle, he couldn't beat Joe Burrows. So yeah, no. I, I don't see Patty being more than 60 70% of, which is a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks. But 50 or 70% of himself tomorrow. Well, we'll find out early, right? We'll, we'll find out early if he oh, can plant and throw. And But I, I, you know what? I, I think I think it's kind of blown out of proportion. I, you give the guy some cortisone shots. He'll be fine. He'll tape that baby up. I, I think he's going to be fine. You know what? Correct. But at the end of the second quarter and at the end of the fourth quarter, those cortisone shots will be wearing off. Yes. So that's what I would look for. Yep. He's going to be good in the first quarter. He'll yep. be good after halftime. Um, as far as the other game with the Eagles and the Niners, the Eagles have eight Pro Bowls, and Purdy's never faced a defense like that his whole mm-hmm. college or pro career. Mm-hmm. So I can't see the Eagles losing at home. I really can't. I know yeah. both teams have great defenses, but yep. I think, just think the Eagles are a little better defensively and offensively. And as far as the Jets, who I love, but uh, they're not getting, they're not getting Rogers. Oh, come he, on! I'm telling you, who what you were just saying about Aaron Rodgers—that he's a little eccentric, a little out there. What basketball player in the tri-state area does he remind you of? Well, yeah, we talked about Kyrie Irving before, but, right. but his ex- so, eccentricity, whatever that word is, the, the, he, he that kept him off the court. That was the problem. Listen, he's he. This guy is one of the best football players in the in the league. He just won two MVPs, I, and he was a top ten quarterback this year. Even though it was a down year for him, I can't see him being in the New York media. I, I really think the Jets are going to get caught. 
I really do. Talk about not being in the New York media. I have two guys that in Vegas, out there in Vegas, in the media, telling me that he will never survive the New York media here. But you're talking about Rogers. No, no, about Carr. Oh, Carr. Yeah. Well, then, then what did the Jets do? <laughs> They're not going back to Wilson. And and Mike White is, you know, he's a China doll. And he's so a free agent, it, too. He's he's not yes. on the roster right now, Correct. technically. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to get, you know, some team might throw eight, nine, ten million at him, and he'll go there. And it, it'll be too expensive for the Jets. So the Jets are really in a catch-22, like... You know, you got Rodgers, who's eccentric, and, you know, you're going to really have to treat him with kid gloves coming here. Sure. and, and but The Joe, media but, is going to eat him up. But you know it – but but here's the thing, Joe, and thanks for the call. You know it coming in. It's not – you know you know who he is coming into this, right? You treat him with kid gloves, fine. If he wins, it doesn't matter. And Aaron Rodgers gives you the best chance to win. I have guys in Las Vegas media, friends. I consider them friends. They, they text me and they're like, the, the the media in New York will eat Derek Carr alive. He is, he is no match for it. And again, he has not won a game at kickoff where the kickoff temperature is at 37 degrees or below. I got a tweet. This made me laugh. From Archangel Ofaruf. He said... Now, if you're a Jets fan, you are driving a moving van to Wisconsin and helping Aaron move his stuff to New Jersey right now. Yes. I'm going to put a little heart on that to, to acknowledge that I've saw it. And I'm going to write, yes, absolutely. And I did put up a poll uh, a little bit earlier. There's 26 minutes left to vote if you'd like. I wrote, Aaron Rodgers, a New York Jet, dot, 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 question mark. Option one was, hell Yeah. Option two was hard pass. And I, honestly, this is a little closer than I thought it would be. Sixty-one, Only 61% of, of voters say hell yeah on, on Aaron Rodgers, which is a surprise to me. It's a lot closer than I thought it might be. I thought it would have been like 80-20. We're looking at like 60-40 right now. So if you want to weigh in on that, um, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to get aboard. Or you could vote. Or you can tweet me at Coach McCartan. And I also want to continue the conversation of which bandwagon are you jumping on? Me, I, 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 I just love the 49er story. I love the Brock Purdy story. Put me on the 49er bandwagon. I'll explain that more and, and my score predictions for what it's worth uh, for NFL Championship Sunday. Next, here on the fifth. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan, and uh, this song, I was like, stop, drop. And then Paul was like, "You in my ear, he was like, you cursing on the air would be hysterical. And, and I said I had to stop myself before because I know that entire like Eminem verse that forgot about Dre, and I like sing it like I am Eminem in the car. And uh, that would not be good if I said any of, you know, it's every other word is a curse word out of that, that thing. So, uh, oh, man. 
I like all kinds of music, and I'm very happy that Rihanna's going to be doing the halftime show. And I'm also very happy that Chris Stapleton is doing the uh, national anthem. Well, but the over on the Chris Stapleton stuff, because he's going to want to, Oh, you he's going to jam it. He's, he's, he's going to belt <laughs> yeah. out those notes. That's, That's an right. immediate over bet with the anthem on Chris Stapleton. <laughs> Lock that in right now. Oh, yeah. It's going to be jammy. Def- definitely. Definitely. Um but uh, next weekend when I'm here, all my all the music. If you're, are you working next weekend with me? Maybe I want all my music next week to either be back from commercials, either Chris Stapleton or Rihanna. That's it. I'm gonna get everybody in the mood. Oh wait, no, the weekend after is the Super Bowl. My bad. The weekend after that. Yes. Yes. Although there might be some copyright issues with that, but we'll, we'll work through them if we can. We gotta work through that. We yes. gotta work through. <laughs> we gotta work through playing some music. Yeah. We'll. We'll. Uh, we'll have, oh man, I just exited out a tweet that I needed. Oh, last close tab. There it is. Okay. All right. So, welcome back to the fan. And, and you know what? I wanted to tell you this before we uh, before we move forward. 877-337-6666. We've got a hodgepodge of topics to pick from tonight. And I need to get this out there because I just tweeted it myself. Because by this time tomorrow, and that's an old Dominion song. By this time tomorrow, we'll be singing yesterday. Speaking of music, but by this time tomorrow, we're going to know which two teams will be playing in the Super Bowl. Is it the 49ers, the Eagles, the Bengals, or the Chiefs? Who will it be? Which bandwagon are you jumping on? And for what it's worth, I don't really have a real personal rooting interest in any of these teams. Uh, So I I ran my numbers, as I do every week, and my model suggests for the AFC Championship, the final score of Bengals 30, Chiefs 27. And for the NFC... My model suggests Eagles 27, 49ers 21. So my numbers tell me it's going to be a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl. But since none of our teams are you know, in it, including the only team that actually calls New York home, uh, I'm more interested in which bandwagon you're jumping on on this NFL championship weekend because here's how I see it. A, I could never jump on the Eagles bandwagon for obvious reasons, so they're out. And the pettiness in the AFC is, like, ridiculous. Like, like I want to be on the Bengals bandwagon. I mean, I went to school in Dumont, orange. I mean, there's not many orange teams out there, right? I love Joe Burrow, but Eli Apple, persona non grata. I mean, he put up a questionable troll tweet of DeMar Hamlin, and the Bills took notice. You know, you had Shaq Lawson tweeting back to him, like, that gets you beat up for real, for real. Keep it on the field. I mean, that's like the lowest of low. That's like low-hanging fruit. DeMar Hamlin put out a a, a beautiful video thanking everybody. Uh, It was long. It was on Instagram. So if you want to check that out on the next commercial break, go ahead and do that. It was a moving video, actually. But um, you you just don't pick on someone like that. And and he said, oh, no, no, I didn't mean it. Come on, Eli Apple. We we know we're on to your tricks. And then did you see the video, the stupid proclamation that the mayor of Cincinnati made and read on social media? I mean, it was kind of dumb, and it was too long, and it was real cringy. So then you got the Chiefs, right? And, and, and I know we are watching a generational talent in Patrick Mahomes right before our very eyes, right? But dude's a gamer, definitely playing hurt. I don't care what the injury report says. But just like Eli Apple and the mayor of Cincinnati, just how they are un- insufferable, so are Patrick Mahomes' wife and his brother. I mean, honestly, I don't know which one is more cringy. And I dislike the competi- the, the pettiness in, in, in both teams uh, playing in the AFC. The pettiness in public, the pettiness in my personal life. I just don't like it. You know what I mean? Just, just It's too much for me. I'm, I'm a very low-maintenance, low-drama person. 
all that, that's why I hang out with a lot of guys. The guys don't have drama. And all my girlfriends are low drama girlfriends too. Like, nah. So consider me squarely on the 49ers Conestoga wagon. I mean, I'm headed west. And um, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I just, I love the Brock Purdy story. Yes. Um, and the more local kind of line of thought. And, and I don't know. First of all, the 49ers have not lost a game since October 23rd. They've played 12 games since then. Brock Purdy is 8-0 and in those games. And you know, I love the storyline of like no rookie quarterback has ever made the Super Bowl. Never mind won it. I like that. I like rooting for the underdog. I feel like I'm an underdog in myself, you know. So regardless of what happens tomorrow, I think from more of a local standpoint, I think Brock Purdy has already earned his keep out there in San Francisco, right? So put your Jets cap on. For the Jets' sake, if Aaron Rodgers is just a pipe dream, I mean, I think Brock Purdy has done really well in San Francisco. So why would they need a quarterback room filled with Purdy and Lance and Garoppolo? And I'd bet the 49ers are more willing now to let Jimmy Garoppolo, who is an unrestricted free agent, find greener pastures. And if it's not Rodgers, it's always been Garoppolo for me. So what's greener than Gotham Green? So this is setting up nicely for the New York Jets. Let's go San Francisco. 877-337-6666. You, 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 who do you want as a fan? Um, Danielle the fan, not not, yeah. not, not number analytic, I but like 40, fan. I like the 49ers. I 49ers love the versus, like who Bengals. do you think? Bengals. 49ers, Bengals. That's, yeah. who you, that's who you want to be. You yeah. want the 49ers when you want the Bengals to win. Who I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Bengals-Eagles. Bengals, so you're going, okay, so you're staying, you think the Bengals are there? Yeah, I think so. Okay, you think the Bengals are there? Because I don't, uh, Patrick Mahomes, I don't care what that injury report says, he is hurt. He's going to be playing hurt. He seemed a high, if it was a high ankle sprain, if it was, and maybe they got it wrong, but if it was, that's like six to eight weeks to get yeah. like back, to, and yes, they clearly shot him up with drugs and quarters, and we all know how that works, but still, there is some sort of like mind messing up of like sure. mobility and sure. not being able to move and this, that, the being other Being afraid thing. of taking a wrong turn and yeah. boom, it's over. Yes. yes. So, yes. Uh, okay. Yes. All right. That's why well, I wanted to get the actual, you know. Yeah. The fan in me, I, I think, like you said, the Bengals, I think are going either way. And the fan in me wants to see the 49ers there over the Eagles, clearly. As I sit here in a Michael Strahan jersey. I'm going to be on the. I, I think it's going to be Eagles Chiefs. Oh, you're you're opposite then. I'm I, I'm totally. I think Eagles Chiefs. I think it's a fun storyline. I think the Eagles have been the best team in the NFC the entire year. I know, legit the entire year. I don't and that's not recency it. bias. I know. I that don't is, admit it. They have been the best team the entire year. They yeah. punked the Giants last week, and it wasn't even. They didn't even belong on the same field. They made a statement, and you have San Francisco coming east for the first time. I think in four months, Purdy's never been in that environment. He was. Should have he should have thrown probably like ten interceptions at this point. Teams <laughs> dropping on him, and again, that's part of it. Yeah. But I think the Eagles are going to like handily beat the. Oh, I hope the not. Niners. I hope not. My principal is an Eagles fan, and the, mo- the Monday after they beat the Giants, he screw the dress code. He was wearing an Eagles you know zip up, and he was like standing in the hallway. He was like. Walk it on cloud nine. Oh, get the, get the needle out. The, the yep. needle in sports is wonderful when used properly. Yes. Get the needle out. I it, can't do more of it. I'm sorry, Joe. His name is Joe. I, I'm sorry, Joe. I cannot do more of the Eagle stuff at school. I can't. 
and a kid in my class is an Eagles fan. And I told her, her, I was giving her a zero. And she was like, what? And I was like, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, you know. Little fly eagles fly over the loudspeaker. Do they still have PA systems yeah, in yeah. schools? Yeah, we do. Is that still a thing? Yeah, but it's not like, mm, send Paul to the main office. They now call the classroom phone, which is like ridiculous. I got to run over to the phone. Send Paul home. His mom's here. Okay, Paul, your mom's here. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, they still have them, though. Oh, yeah. When, when do we have to break? Did you say 55, you said? Yeah. All right. Can we do one more call, you think? Or should we break now? No, you can do one more call. One more call. Or one call. One? In this segment, one yeah, call. Have, no, that we one more. Call. I, I got another hour. I know yes. you're out of here, but yes. I've got another hour. Don't, don't, so don't hang up. So we will pick one. In the order that you call, we're going to line one. AJ and Port Jeff, you're up here on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How you doing? Great show tonight. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, before I get into my Rogers point, tomorrow I like the Eagles. Uh like Paulie just said, uh, Purdy, I think, ran into some luck. Competition got elevated a little bit against the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Cowboys lost that game more than the Niners won it last week. Okay. And I like the Chiefs for all the reasons you just spoke about. I think there's a little bit too much petty disrespect going on towards uh, Holmes. And I think if the ankle holds up, uh, I think he gets his, his revenge on the two losses to the Bengals that he's at that he At Burrowhead Stadium? Did you see that? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And the and the mayor, that was just that was cringe. Stupid. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Ugh. I was like, what? Why did I even bother wasting my time watching to the end of this video? I don't know. It was crazy. But I want to get to the Rogers point. And I know you had a break. Yeah. Um, listen, anyone that's calling about saying they're not in favor of Rogers, I think is out of their mind. If you look at Rogers last season, he had yeah, it was a down year in his standards. But I was looking at numbers today because I was just curious. Rogers last season would have been a historic season for a Jets quarterback. He would have been third all-time in Jets history for touchdown passes. I mean, they have, this is a franchise that has never had a – I'm 30 years old. I've never had a franchise quarterback. Two years, yeah. I don't care. If he's weird, if he's weird, and it becomes a problem, that means that the team's not winning, so I don't care anyway. Yep. And, AJ, and that's great that you did, you did your homework on that. I did some homework, too. The last time – so his down year, as you said, he had a 91.1 quarterback rating last year, right, in a down year, quote-unquote down year. The last time right. a Jets quarterback finished a season with, with a cumulative rating of, of that high, you had to go all the way back to 2002 Chad Pennington. It's really sick, isn't it? <laughs> it's sick is a good word. You're right. Yes. <laughs> yep. Danielle, have a good night. Thank you very much. You too, AJ. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's it's sick, right? Think about all the names that have played quarterback for the Jets. And, yeah, it, it's it's sick. It's Aaron Rodgers time. Let's go. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 1 here on The Fan. Let's take you back. Sandstorm. <laughs> As Paulie R on the ones and twos heads out. Paul, excellent job tonight. Thank you very much. He's on his way out. We've got a changing of the guard behind the glass. Pete Kennedy steps in in <laughs> a Wu-Tang t-shirt. Funny. I don't know if you were on the air that night. I went to the Jet game and we sat, thanks to my friend DJ Dan Monopoly, uh, we sat in these... <laughs> The green room, which is like a really cool section of the Jet game. It was a Thursday night football game, and uh, Ghostface Killer was in there. And I said to him, this is kind of crazy that this is happening tonight, that you wore that and the whole thing. But because I said, you know, I, I took a picture with him because that's like a legendary, right? So, and I said to him, I, and I said, oh, before we, they snapped the picture, I said, are you a, you're a big Jet fan? 
He was like, nah, I'm a Packers fan. And I was like, oh, well, my brother's a Packers fan. He's like, you tell your brother what's up. So, like, tonight we're on a night where we're talking Jets, Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and it's funny that you were that tonight. I think we spoke about that when I was working with you week oh, we did. between Christmas and New Year's. Okay. And now it's even more so relevant that it's the Rodgers storyline is growing. I know. And the Rogers story, that's it. That's exactly it. The Rogers storyline is growing. They've hired Nathaniel Hackett. You've got Joe Namath here talking to Brendan Tierney and, and Tiki Barber, telling him he would give up the number 12. He would unretire the number 12 for him to wear it. To me, that's like, it's happening. To me, it's happening. The question is, how does Ghostface Killer feel about that? Is he going to feel like he has to now become mm. a pseudo Jets fan as a New York guy, as a true Packers guy, or is yep. he going to say good riddance to Aaron Rodgers and not good luck? I don't know. We have to, uh, you got to call him up. Get back in the green room. Yeah. 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 I got to get back in the green room uh, on week one. Dan, hey, Dan, if you're listening, <laughs> Dan Monopoly, please, DJ Dan Monopoly, by the way. He is, um, I went to college with him and he is the, the DJ when you go to a Rangers game. He's the in arena DJ for the Rangers and the Knicks. He's a huge Knicks fan and um, for in the green room for the Jets. So, uh, yeah. So, a little shout out to Dan Monopoly. M O. And oh, it's like Monopoly, the game with an I at the end. Italian, right? Uh, okay, let's go to uh, Jay. It's, it's topic of the night, right? Jay in Long Beach. You're up here on the fan. Hey, what's Jay, you there? I, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Sorry. I can't. Uh, I got a, a one-year-old sleeping upstairs. So I had to run downstairs. Oh, okay, okay. I'll talk to you guys. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had, first off, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but... Um, but with the, the NFC championship, you know, everybody was so surprised that the Eagles blew out the Giants. Mm-hmm. When the Eagles were, they were a damn good team yeah. the whole year. And then everybody was like, well, Jalen Hurts is, is hurt. And he was rested. He was fine. He was I mean, that was, that was kind of, that was, that was there. That was, you know, so, and I honestly think everybody is writing off the, the, the 49ers, they they run the ball well and they stop the run well, which mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got to say about that. I like the, I like the Niners tomorrow, but with Rodgers, um, how can anybody be against this? Even if the Jets, let's say it doesn't work out, you got two years on the hook with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's two. It's two years. You look back at fifteen, twenty years. What there's, there's been there's been nobody. I know. And and this is all set up. The run game is good. You got the the wide receivers look pretty darn good. And honestly, I don't know if Rodgers has ever had a defense the way the Jets is. The Jets defense was loaded this year, and yep. they'll say it fell off towards the end. But sure. but but that's what happens if you're always on the field. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. So I think this just all makes too much sense. And it's not him than who. You're going to tell me Derek Carr, oh, yeah? No, 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 you've no. You've you got a Hall of Famer quarterback here, ready to go. you got to do it, pull the trigger, yep. get it done. Win now. And for a team yep. that hasn't even seen a, a Super Bowl in, in 54 years, you're going to tell me, like, right. oh, no, no, we're going to keep our first-round no, draft no, 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 picks. No, no, no. Come on. Our, our draft picks, yeah. D. Milner, yeah. Ernie Golston. Yep. Come on. Yep. Uh, how about Christian Hackenberg? Bryce oh. Petty. <laughs> I can go on and on and on. Or the, who's guy? Uh, Dwayne Robertson from Kentucky. You yeah, know, like who? We can, <laughs> we can do this all, all night long. I know. Yeah. I know. It, that, it's, the know answer, that's it. Jay, it's too obvious. They need to do it. It's exactly. just too and obvious. You, know, you, you bring in, you bring in, um, you, you bring in 
the offense coordinator, it, it's just like, it seems too obvious that it's like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I know. You know, it's, it's like, as a Jet fan, it, it's not going to happen because it's that obvious. Yeah. It all makes too much sense. I know. And sometimes it, right. it goes left. So we'll, we'll see what I happens. <laughs> yeah, have a good night. Yeah, thanks. You too, Jay. Right. It's it's too obvious. That's it. It, 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 it. All of the things are aligning for the Jets to just go ahead and do it. So let's do it. As My brother is a Packers fan. Um, I, I, for years I told him, yeah, I was just jealous that his team was good and the Jets weren't. I would tell him, your quarterback sucks, this and that. And he was like, yeah, all right, whatever. And now, now the potential of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets, I mean, it's like amazing, amazing. Uh, David in Rockland County, New York. You're up here on the fan, David. Hey, Keith, what's going on? Who's that? Hey, Keith, what's going on? Keith. Oh. Keith. Keith. Anyway, um, so I was wondering, no, no, Keith, not uh, anyway. I, I gotta David, tell you. not anyway. You're not going to call up and call me Keith more than once. Sorry, that's not how this works. I've been on the air for, oh, I don't know, almost four hours. Keith, come on, what kind of joke is that, man? Ridiculous. I mean, right? I mean, that. Yeah, no, sorry. I don't care what you were going to say. You don't do that. Sorry. Alan in Queens, you're up here on a fan. Hi there, Hill. Hey. Uh, John Franco has it all Billy Wagner for the Hall of Fame. Uh, he has uh, a 188 postseason ERA, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Billy Wagner has a 10.03. Okay. And they have similar statistics for the regular season, and. Uh, Johnny Franco has uh, two more saves. Mm-hmm. And they, they dismissed him in one shot. They gave him 4.6, and then he was gone. Yeah. that That's a shame. And it looks like Billy Wagner's going to head for the Hall of Fame. He's up to 6.8. He's up to 68%. And uh, he has uh, uh, two more years to get to, to 75. Yeah. Yeah, good homework on that one, Allie, Alan. Uh, yeah, it, it's a shame, and I, and I know the point you're trying to make here is that should Billy Wagner get in, John Franco should be, and he can't be. Uh, the only way John Franco can get in is the, uh, you know, that extra committee that votes, and, and it is a shame. I mean, John Franco was a fantastic player, fantastic player, as you outlined, and, and, and you know, a good friend of the show as well. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. Hopefully, he, he eventually, in a, in a circumlocution way, he, he's able to get in. Let's go to uh, Chris in the Bronx. You're up next here on The Fan in Manhattan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. But, I, you know, I hear a lot of you callers saying, oh, how could you not want Aaron Rodgers? The reason you, not, you don't want Aaron Rodgers is because he's 39. You know, I hear some of your callers calling it an off year. It's not an off year when you're 39. It's called the end. When you're 26, it's an off year, and you come back stronger at 27. Nah, I don't know about that. But that's why he was not as good as when he won the MVP back-to-back, because he's 39 now. Oh, how about how about the fact that his offensive coordinator split for Denver? I mean, listen, that plays in, but it's, you know, history tells you the— when he's 40, he's going to be worse than when he was 39. So next year when the playoffs start and he's 40, he will not even be as good as he was this year. That's why the NFL is not for guys who are in their 40s if their name's not Tom Brady. It's just the way it is. He's not going to be good enough. So, you know, uh, I, I, I completely disagree. I, I completely disagree. I know. I hear that. But 
I don't want to see them give up number one picks for a guy who's got one or two years maybe to take a shot at it, and he won't be as good as he was two years ago. So, Chris, who's the quarterback you're bringing in? Because the, the current quarterback is not on the roster. Can we agree on that? I agree. I agree. Okay. So, who's great. coming in? So, I would rather sign a free agent like Jimmy G, who gives you a shot for maybe five years, and even if he's not the guy, you're not giving up number one picks. Well, he's good right. enough to get it done. He's been to a Super Bowl. Okay, so we agree on that. If it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. We do agree on that. Yes, and I always okay. thought I always thought Aaron Rodgers was like this unattainable echelon of he'll never be a Jet. But but since it's here, I'm like I'm really for it. But if it's not him, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, you're right on that. Okay, I can agree with you on that. Then I like that. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's there's right, lots of definitely. time to go before the Jets. And thanks for the call there, Chris. Lots of time to go before the Jets make a decision on, on who their quarterback is going to be moving forward. But, you know, like I just said, I, I always thought that Aaron Rodgers was was unattainable. And, 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 you know, to say that he fell off, he had a down year. I mean, his offensive coordinator split. Okay, that would affect anybody, right? You would think. Um, his number one wide receiver plays for the Raiders now. So it's like, how much was it actually on him? I don't know. I mean, he played with a broken thumb since the Giant game early on in the season since they were in London, England. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't think I'd ever have to defend the talent level of Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, if he comes here, the Jets are an immediate, immediate contender for the Super Bowl. How many times have I sat here and said the Jets are a quarterback? All last season, the Jets are a quarterback away. The defense is championship caliber defense. How many times? Every week we were saying it. And now this this championship caliber quarterback has the potential to, to wear this Gotham green color, this stealth black color, and and, and there's, there's hesitation, there's trepidation. Let me tell you, his 91.1 quarterback rating last year in his down year, I mean... You'd have to go back to 2002 to find a Jets quarterback that has had that rating for for a, a whole season. Chad Pennington. So yeah, give me give me down give me Aaron Rodgers on a down year any day, quote unquote down year. Robin Brick, New Jersey. You're up on a fan. Yeah, what's up? How are you, Daniel? Great. How are you? Big fan of the show. Thank you. Um, quick question. I was watching the Cowboys Niners game last week with a couple of friends. We had a big fight. When the Cowboys went punted the ball fourth and ten, mm-hmm. what would you have done if you were the head coach? Uh, well, I need more of the situation though. Score. You were watching the Cowboys Niners game. I had it on, um, but uh, I had it on in the background. I didn't watch every single play of it. No, they needed they needed a touchdown to tie the game. And where were they in the field? And how much time was remaining? And all that. It was fourth and ten, um, two minutes and ten seconds left. The um, game by, they needed to drive eighty yards, and they punted it. How many timeouts yeah. left? There are all timeouts and two minute warning. Yeah, so that's four timeouts. Uh, trying to flip the field. Uh, I'm saying it's the season on the line, and they're playing against the Niners. Yeah, but then if the Niners score there on, on your miscue on right, fourth and game 10, over. So yeah, it's have, game over. So they have one play first and 10. They didn't have a chance to come back with punting the ball. At least there they have a first and 10, a fourth and 10. So, so I, they get that, and they have all their timeouts and everything. Yeah, but that's a big if. That's side. that's fourth and 10. That's not fourth and three, two, fourth and short. That's fourth and really long. It's one play. And the season's online. The other way, they got back to the ball at 50 seconds, 80 yards to go. It was impossible. Well, listen, the f- four timeouts. You're telling me three timeouts and the two-minute warning, and then they stick yeah. Ezekiel Elliott out there as the, as the 
as uh, the lone lineman on that play. I mean, they deserve to get blown up for that. That's true. But in that situation, they, you don't think they should have won for it? No, I would have punted it too. I would have tried to flip the field. I would have. And, and, right. and believed in my defense. Because guess what? If you're going to get to the Super Bowl, you got to ride your defense. So I, I guess that's not uh, the yeah, way you... Even you've... if you believe in your defense, you're still getting back the ball with a minute and 10 seconds. It's not enough time. It's not? <laughs> Tell that, to the, the tell, that to the, with, tell that to the Chiefs. Tell that to the Bills. And, no, no it, it's but now plenty with the Niners' time. defense on your back. Plenty of time. Even with the Niners? Even with the Even Niners. With plenty of time. Plenty of time there, Rob. If you've got a Super Bowl champion, a caliber team, then that is plenty of time. Cowboys weren't a Super Bowl caliber team. I mean, they took a timeout to put Ezekiel Elliott out there. That's when I started. I sat down and I was like, what the hell is going on in this game? I was getting my stuff ready for the week, all that. Had it on. I was making my salads for the week. I was meal prepping for, you know, everything. Um, but uh, I saw that play, and I was like, what are they doing? Oh, man, what a silly play that was. Uh, Mike in Kings Park, you're up on the fan. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What's up, Mike? Hey, how are you? Good, good. Um, how are you? Good, great show. Um, Thank you. I'm just calling. I just want to talk about the Mets real quick. Uh Carrera, when you know that thing fell apart, I wasn't like devastated right. about losing him. Right. Um, just I just thought it was like, you know, I'm more than happy to have him. Obviously, he's a good, really, really good player. Yeah, um, but I wasn't like devastated. I was really happy what they did with McNeil. But I am like all in, and I think a lot of Mets fans, and I think the ownership is, with trying to get Otani to the Mets, and yeah. I don't know what it's going to take and. How it's going to play out? Mm-hmm. Like I'm reading different things, but after the, are the if he's not going to sign with the Angels, they're going to have to trade him, right? Yes, just let this guy walk. Right, that's what I would do if I were the owner of the Angels. And I know they're trying to change hands over there. I would try to trade him before the deadline. You can't just let him go for nothing. I think he's going to be a met at the trade deadline. I hate to say it. Right, and you, who do you think is going to be the main? Is I think the Yankees, Mets, and. I, you know, I guess maybe the Dodgers are making the mix for him. I, I don't know. I, I I just don't know. Obviously, it's going to take a, a, an incredible package to get a talent like that at the yep. trade deadline. I just don't know who has the pieces to make a package work for the Angels. But, um, I mean, that is who I want. I mean, we got the most money in baseball now. The ownership with uh, Cohen here. I want the biggest superstar in baseball in the Mets. That's, and I think he's going to help the Mets win a championship, too, not just for the star power. Yeah, but. definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and even, and Mike, thanks for the call. Even as, as a pitcher and as a hitter, I mean, you think of what the Yankees have. I mean, the Yankees have more of the prospect scenario to give up rather than the Mets. Maybe that's why Brian Cashman's stockpiling all of his middle infielders. Did you see that? He had he had a lot to say about Isaiah kiner falefa Apparently there was a lot of interest in Isaiah kiner falefa over this win- winter. Then trade him. It doesn't. It's not lost on me that that Anthony Volpe, on what was it, Monday or Tuesday, was named the uh, number five overall prospect in baseball, the number one uh, shortstop prospect in baseball, and obviously the number one prospect for the Yankees on what Monday or Tuesday. And then he gives an uh, uh, Brian Cashman does an interview with Joel Sherman for the Post on Friday, saying that there was plenty of interest for Isaiah Kiner Falefa. I mean, why? Why are you trying to – then just trade him. I mean, the guy was in the top third in the league in errors. Top third in the league in errors. Get rid of him. Unload him. You got, you got Volpe, Peraza. 
No iterations of an ideal infield involves Isaiah Connor falefa at second base. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, you're up next on The Fan. First of all, Coach, how's everything? Great. How are you? Good, good. I got to tell you, now, first of all, as a Jets fan, they won a Super Bowl when I was 13 in eighth grade, which is amazing. And in June, it'll be 50 years I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Now, normally I'd be pessimistic about potential Jet moves, but I am 100% behind the idea of getting Rodgers because nothing for nothing. Joe Namath was my favorite player. And for Joe Namath to give his open endorsement for Rodgers by saying he would unretire number 12 for him, that carries a lot of weight because he doesn't just make crazy state interactions. Yeah, right. So I'm wondering if the plan is already in place and they just kind of needed the blessing of it to you know in, in public and 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 you know what I mean. I don't know. I don't you know. Think just, you think they just dot in the eyes and crossing the teeth? I think so. And um, now, as far as Scott Rowland being in the Hall of Fame, that's ridiculous. Well, you okay. never want to rain on someone else's parade. Congratulations no, no, I don't to mean him. To be mean. I don't mean to be mean-spirited, but um, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, the person who always seemed to have the best idea about it was Susan Waldman when she would say, if you have to think about it, they're not a Hall of Famer. Mm. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah. No, and I think it's Scott Rowland. I mean, the guy's an excellent player, no doubt. But you know what I would think of him? Remember when they when the Cards were playing the Mets in the playoff series? Remember when Andy Chavez made that crazy catch? Mm-hmm. Rowland was the guy that hit that ball. So okay. yeah, so no, I think it's funny though. But now back to me, now as far as the Mets, oh, the moves they made. To me, the move with McNeil, that's 100% about Buck Showalter, why this year came about. Because Buck Showalter straightened out a crazy situation because the year before, McNeil had a tough year because of the stuff that happened with Lindor. Of course. Yeah, he did. And, yeah. And and the thing is, with the Mets, the Mets are going to be really more dangerous and the Yankees, and gosh, I hate saying it, but I they know. are. They are. Is the moves that they didn't end up making ended up working more in their favor? Not having, not bringing Degrom back, okay, and and with Correa not having him come here, yep. Because as you say, and let's say that Correa thing st- st- stayed in place, and you know, forget about the guy's craziness. When you just a few calls ago, somebody mentioned about Otani. That money for Correa would be free for Otani. Yeah. And that is a guy, I mean. That's a guy that can make a bigger difference than Carlos Correa. Absolutely. You want Otani over Correa any day. I mean, you think about it a starting pitcher, and then you have the DH and him hitting 40 homers. Yep. That's not exactly a bad combination. <laughs> no, it's not. I would sign up for that. Well, and no, it's just too bad that the Yanks didn't do any. I mean, all right, they got the pitcher, okay, but yeah. I'm, I'm still curious, like what they're gonna do for a closer. 
Yeah, that's okay. the thing. Yeah, because Sparky and thanks for the call there. I, I, I'm, I think that too. I, I don't know. Is it going to be? I mean, I, I think the Yankees are going to do closer by committee, uh, which I don't all the way like. They're going to try to get these guys into these situations where they think they have an advantage. Like I, I like. Call me old school, but I like the Mariano Rivera. I like the Edwin Diaz. Ninth inning, play the music. They come in, they shut it down. Um, but uh, as far as Correa, really quickly, as far as Correa, I was not devastated when that news broke. Listen, it's he's damaged goods. That's it. You're going to hate the contract in two, three years anyway. So good. Save the money up for Otani, who is an absolute difference maker for this team. Um, and uh, without any further ado... We've got a really big guest coming up next. His name is Mr. Tom Coughlin. <laughs> so I'm Daniel McCartan. Enjoy Tom Coughlin coming up next here on The Fan. Three-time Super Bowl champion coach with the New York football giants. One as an assistant, two as a head coach, member of the New York Giants Ring of Honor, Mr. Tom Coughlin is out with a new book called A Giant Win, and it is my honor to welcome him to the show in this edition of Danielle's WFAN Book Club. Coach Coughlin, why was it important for you to write A Giant Win now? Well, first of all, it's 15 years, and I can't believe that that much time has passed. 15 years since Super Bowl forty-two. But when you look at our country and what we've gone through, We've gone through COVID. We're in inflation. We're in recession. It seems like we get hammered one thing right after another. And this book is really about hope and inspiration. Because when you understand where this whole thing came from, after the 2006 season, the media wanted me fired. And they started that whole thing in the city, you know, in all the newspapers, et cetera, about get rid of Coughlin. He's no good. Let's get him out of town, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was the way it started. And then if you remember, as the season got going, I had hired Steve Spagnolo as my new defensive coordinator, and we gave up 80 points in the first two games. So that wasn't going so well either. But then following that, you know, we, we, we go to Washington. We're 0-2. The, again, they're calling for my head. Get rid of Coughlin. Three-time Super Bowl champion coach with the New York football giants. One as an assistant, two as a head coach, member of the New York Giants Ring of Honor. Mr. Tom Coughlin is out with a new book called A Giant Win, and it is my honor to welcome him to the show in this edition of Danielle's WFAN Book Club. Coach Coughlin, why was it important for you to write A Giant Win now? Well, first of all, it's 15 years, and I can't believe that that much time has passed. 15 years since Super Bowl 42. But when you look at our country and what we've gone through, we've gone through COVID, we're in inflation, we're in recession. It seems like we get hammered one thing right after another. And this book is really about hope and inspiration, because when you understand where this whole thing came from, after the 2006 season, the media wanted me fired. And they started that whole thing in the city, you know, in all the newspapers, et cetera, about get rid of Coughlin. He's no good. Let's get him out of town, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was the way it started. 
And then if you remember, as the season got going, I had hired Steve Spagnolo as my new defensive coordinator, and we gave up 80 points in the first two games. So that wasn't going so well either. But then following that, you know, we 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 go to Washington, we're 0-2. The again, they're calling for my head, get rid of Coughlin, blah, blah, blah. We beat the Washington Redskins. We go on to win six uh, straight games. But the second half is not easy either. We go four and four in the second half. And where our final record was 10 and six, we really should have won 12 games. I'm, I'll be the first one to, to recognize that fact. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing uh, revolving around this book was week 17 of the regular season, a Saturday night game we hosted the, the 15 and 0 trying to become 16 and 0 uh, New England Patriots Bill Belichick Tom Brady you know how that goes the greatest offensive machine in the history of the National Football League at that time I mean they were prolific and it was it was Brady to Moss it was all of those kinds of things and their defense was strong their defense was fourth in the league in a lot of categories most importantly points against etc cetera, etc cetera. so these this was a great football team And after we secured our spot in the playoffs by going to Buffalo and beating the Buffalo Bills in all kinds of weather, I've never seen anything like it. It was rain, sleet, snow, hail. It was everything. 40-mile-an-hour winds. Nobody scored going into the wind. Everybody had to have the wind at their back. But we came home with a victory. And as soon as we win, the media wants to ask me, am I going to rest my players? Well, I came to the conclusion very quickly, being – a history buff, and not wanting history to record the fact that the great New York Giant franchise, the flagship franchise of the NFL, red, white, and the blue, would not put their best foot forward against a team trying to become an undefeated team in the National Football League regular season. So I presented that to our players, told them what we were going to do. They bought into it right away. It was, I don't know if you remember it or not, Danielle, but it was a Saturday night NFL network game. The whole you know world was watching because the Patriots were going for their 16th win. Yeah. The weather was great. It was like a 50 degree night in, in New York at old Giants Stadium. And it was a great football game. We led in the fourth quarter. It was 38-35 was the final. It was Brady to Moss late in the game. They scored, blah, blah, blah. Well, that particular game, as we walked off the field. Even listening to the Patriot players talk, mm-hmm. we knew we could play with them. And, of course, the, the Super Bowl a few weeks later was a totally different football game. It's amazing. Coach Coughlin joins us right now here on The Fan. I was looking at the cover of, of the book, and, and I know I saw the interview with you and Michael Strahan on Good Morning America, but how did Eli get the cover art with you other than and rather than him or anybody else? Eli was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so – to have Eli, you know, write the forward and to have his picture on the on the book. I was giving the, the publisher some heat about that myself, too, because here's Eli way up here and down <laughs> his little back in the corner here is where I should be on the bottom, you know. But but yeah, that's that's why. And you saw if you saw it, you saw Michael at the end of the interview go, oh, here's the book. Oh, I, I see I'm not on the cover of this book either. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was funny. It really was. I know. I laughed out loud. I think he's awesome. So, I, you know, I was at the ticker tape parade for Super Bowl 50, uh, 42. Sorry. My dad and I went to Tampa in that game and to wildcard game. And I remember when we were leaving, going through the, you know, Raymond James Stadium, walking out. And he says right. to me, he goes, well, they survived another week. He said it every week into the Super Bowl. So for me, reading this, it's a little bit of pride, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of nostalgia. But as you sat down and wrote A Giant Win, what were some of the strongest emotions that came out to you as you were writing it? Well, the, the, the most important thing to remember for me is always, I, I use this statement often, go ahead, tell me I can't do something. That's the greatest motivator in the world. Tell me I can't do something. And I think it's important for, for everybody to remember that Fox had the Super Bowl, okay? It was Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. They had the Super Bowl. But their their broadcast team, you know, in-house in the city uh, consisted of the Fox experts, the so-called experts. Mm-hmm. And it's important to remember not one person on that panel picked the Giants to win any game, starting with Tampa. No one picked for the Giants to beat Tampa. No one picks, picked naturally for the Giants to beat Dallas. Why would you? Dallas had beaten us twice during the regular season. No one picked us to beat Brett Favre in Green Bay uh, in the NFC Championship game. So, but, but it's important to recognize, to put it in perspective, when I say why the book and why the win and why it was so important and why the book should be written now, is because everybody's been knocked on their rear end at one time or another in life. That's the way life goes. It's not all right down easy street. Nothing works that way. But what do you do when you get knocked down? What do you do about that? You get back up and, you know, you look at it as I looked at it. Hey, you don't have a choice. You get up off the floor. You fight as hard as you possibly can. And in circumstances like this, it works out in the end. Super Bowl winning head coach of the New York football giants, Tom Coughlin joins us on the fan. You know, one of the storylines, you know, I read every single line, every single punctuation mark in that book. Um, the Ty- the David Tyree storyline was um, obviously we know how it ended, right? Every, every saw it around the world, but how it started. I mean, in your words, you wrote, he had about five minutes to convince me of why I should keep him on this team. And I thought that was, I was like, Oh, what's going to happen? Cause I coached. So I was like, Oh, what's going to happen next? So you decided to keep him. What was the perception inside the locker room after you decided that, yes, he is going to still be part of this team? Well, you got to remember, David Tyree, a Syracuse guy. I'm a Syracuse guy. The way that whole thing started out was David got in trouble. It's it's common knowledge. Police pulled him over. He had a bunch of uh, marijuana in his trunk. And Ernie Acorsi brought him down to me. He opened the door to my office. And he said, here's David Tyree, you know the circumstances, do with him what you want. And that was the way it was. Well, David sat down and he absolutely convinced me that he was going to change his ways. And he convinced me that he had turned, he and his mother both had turned towards the Lord and that he was going to change his life. He was literally going to change his life. And I believed him. Okay. And I believe them. And you know, David Tyree was an all pro special team. You remember he and Jeff Fiegels were great at the high lofted punt down inside the five yard line. David, once the, the return man got out of the way thinking, you know, that he wasn't going to catch the ball inside the five, David would catch the ball inside the five. And now the defense would have to drive or the offense would have to drive at 98 yards. 
But David Tyree then set the stage for, for what was to come in Super Bowl 42. And the interesting thing about it, Danielle, is the Friday before the Super Bowl, in our last full-speed practice, David had a terrible practice. He didn't catch anything. Ball hit him in the helmet. You know, balls off his hands. He didn't pick the ball up real quick. You know, you're down in the in the green zone and in the inside the goal line area, and the ball comes quick. And he he just had a but in true fashion, the way Eli works, and this is this was frustrating to me because I watched what the media tried to do to Eli as a first-round draft choice with a lot of things being traded off in order to get him. I watched how they treated Eli in the good and the bad, okay? Eli went over to David Tyree, put his arm around him, and said, David, this wasn't very good practice, but I know you'll be there when you when we need you. And, of course, the rest is history. Not just the great catch, the greatest catch in the history of Super Bowls, not just that. He also had a touchdown because when – when David Tyree went in the game, it was run, okay? He was the guy on short yardage and goal line that came in the game as a blocking wide receiver, and he was good at that. He was strong. He was big. He was powerful. He did that. So we knew Belichick would think when David comes in, it's run. Well, you know the, the touchdown pass to him was off of play action, you know, sucked everybody. But they, I'll tell you, to their credit, they were very, very close, and David caught that pass from Eli, right between two defenders as they came together in the back of the end zone. Yeah, well, Tom Coughlin is with us on the fan. Um, from reading your book, A Giant Win, I gather one of the fastest ways to make you bristle is to call that catch lucky. Why is that? Because that wasn't lucky. That's the greatest catch of all time in the Super Bowl. And you have to remember the circumstances. I'm standing pretty much right across from Eli, and Mike Carey, who's the referee, is right here to my left, Okay. The ball is snapped. There's three guys on Eli just like, boom, it's third and five. To keep the drive alive, I mean, we're probably going to go for it on fourth down anyway. But to keep the drive alive, we've got to make a play. Well, I'm watching this. They've got a hold of his jerseys. He's squirming around. And I'm going, Mike, don't blow the whistle. Don't blow the whistle. You know, don't, don't blow the play dead. And somehow he gets free. And the next thing he does, he launches it down the middle of the field. Now my next thought is, Oh, my God, Eli, don't overthrow this ball because an overthrown ball in the middle of the field is an interception. It's going the other way. So you look downfield, and here's David Tyree, and he goes up to the top of the point for the ball, okay? Rodney Harrison, who outweighs him by 15 or 20 pounds, has the safety, the Patriot safety. is right there with him and yeah. goes up, and David catches it in two hands, and then Rodney takes one of his hands and arms and strips it away. Well, David has the wherewithal to pin with the other hand the ball against his helmet. Meantime, Harrison is still banging him and hitting him and yeah. falls down behind his knees. Now, if you play in the backyard, you know somebody goes in low on your knees. You're, the ball's gone. Everything's gone. You're trying. The safe guard of your knees is the most important thing, not David. He goes down like this on top of Harrison, who's still batting around, knocking, trying to knock the ball out of his head. Yeah. It's, a, it's a greatest play. It's not a hokey play. It's not a lucky play. It's a great football play, and it has to be recognized by that. So I, I saw Bill Simmons was jabbing Eli Manning um, ab about what his favorite hold on that play was. And Eli said, Tyree holding the ball in his helmet was my favorite hold. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so, but looking back on the tape, right. could there have been holding called on that play? Nah, no way. No way. Nobody had 
none of our people blocked anybody. I mean, it was nothing but penetration, penetration, penetration. You know, I mean, it, it just it just was almost a, a you know one of those things where you if you look at where where Chris Snee is, yeah. Chris is like this, and he doesn't know whether to get involved or not get involved. You know, so so he's back there battling too, and they're all fighting. But Eli literally steps up and pulls himself away on his own and makes that play down the middle of the field. I mean, it's it's an incredible play. It is. At what point during that game, during that Super Bowl game, did the thought of it just insidiously crept in, I think we're going to win this Super Bowl, cross your mind? When Plaxico caught the game, caught the <laughs> touchdown pass. I mean, don't forget, after David makes his play, we still have 35 yards to go against one of the great defenses of all time. Yeah. Okay, so we've still got to master that part of it. And even after we score, okay, the idea that Brady will have the ball with 35 seconds left, that is – and you see what's happened today. How about when Kansas City scored with 13 seconds left last year in the playoffs? I mean, it is incredible to think like that. But um, and in brave, and it shows you what how tough Tom Brady is too, because we drilled him on one of those plays right down the middle. We hit him and knocked him down, you know, knocked him down hard. And he made two rocket throws down the field, down the hash mark to Randy Moss. One of them was close. We had two people on him. You know, yeah. we had we had two two guys right there. But you know, eventually we prevailed. Coach Coughlin with us on the fan. You and your Giants team pulled off the biggest upset in Super Bowl history. I think everybody can agree on that. But as the clock ticked down to zeros, the offense goes runs out in victory formation. Like, what are the thoughts that are going through your mind just before the the confetti starts falling and all of that? Well, the interesting thing was to remember was Bill Belichick came all the way across the field to within about five yards of our sideline, and I went out. And we embraced, and he he was very gracious, probably far more gracious than I could have been under the same circumstances mm-hmm. for what was at stake for that team. Mm-hmm. Because Bill Belichick is a historian too. And you know, the 18 and 0 season, 19 and 0 season, I mean, would stand out. But that was where, and Bill was cri- uh, criticized for doing that because the game wasn't over and he was on the field on the other sideline. Uh, but it was a very gracious move. The kneel down and then all, it it, it strikes you. My, my talk to our team the night before at the very end, just summing it all up, is I wanted, them, I wanted our team to win the Super Bowl so that all of our players, all of our staff could experience the feeling of in whatever profession you choose, if you are recognized as being the best in the world, that is a major, major accomplishment, which will bind you all at the hip forever. But better than that, better than that, your mother, your father, your wife, your children, your siblings, they are all champions because your coaches, anyone who has helped you get to that point as a player, as a coach, as a whatever you are, okay, all are world champions at that time. And it is you know, other than the birth of your children or whatever you want, it's the greatest feeling in the world for, for why I described it. And winning in New York has to be better than anywhere else. <laughs> well, I remember this. I said to John Mara, I don't know, that, that night or the next morning or something, 
you know, John, I'm not too big on parades. He looked at me and he goes, you're going to want to be on this in this parade. And I mean, it is because, you know, again, I remember watching, you know, movies of these ticker tape parades down the Champions of Heroes, whether it being Eisenhower or MacArthur or, you know, all the greats, Truman from World War II or for whatever reason. Okay, the great Yankee teams, you know, that type of thing. But to be a part of it and to see two million people, two million people, you know, throwing confetti down and just 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 enjoying the moment, but cheering and hollering and waving. And I mean, it's it's a not only that, we finished that and all the political tributaries had to have their little speeches, obviously. We go back to Giant Stadium, there's thirty-five thousand people in Giant Stadium waiting for us again. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I was at the parade. I told you at the beginning. Um, yeah. uh, author of A Giant Win, Tom Coughlin, is with us on the fan. Um, what I loved about your book, A Giant Win, is uh, the backstories beyond the game itself. And you, the hard-nosed, tough guy, old-school coach, just expressing a lot of vulnerability. And, and I have to tell you, I cried through that whole epilogue about Untitled Judy. Thank you. Appreciate that. That was a tough one. That's a hard one. Because she was a huge part of that. And... Uh, when Strahan said, called Judy the team mom, you know, and that she deserved as much tribute for us getting there as anybody else, that that really, really hit home for me. Did she know about the project? You know, um, I had expressed that to her at one time, but, uh, you know, her last five years, you know, we all had a hard time. I, I know that she, I know she knew what I said. And I know she, because she would smile and she would look at me, and I always made a big deal about the mornings. You know, I would come in and I would put the blinds up and I would, you know, I would just make a big deal about the mornings. And for a long time, I could even get her, I would say, good morning, Judy. And she would say, morning. She would, she could say it. Yeah. And then for probably the last year and a half, she was not able to even talk. But she could still smile and she could still, you know, with her eyes, she could let me know that she knew what was going on. And she she still loved the chaos of having the grandkids all around, yeah. you know, because that, that's really what what I, I we always encouraged, you know, the family to be around her, be around her, because even though she couldn't show the expression, she knew it. But if you look at her face, there's a picture that I always relate to. She's in the stands and the gun goes off mm-hmm. and she has this, she has a radiant smile anyway. I mean, it's an amazing smile. Beautiful, beautiful smile. She looks around with that smile and it's like, oh my God. It's like everything has finally come together. Because the most difficult thing in the world, you know, is to be honest, I think, is a coach's wife. Especially, you know, as you progress along, though, it's more and more time consuming. And I mean, she raised four children. She she did everything. She did everything which allowed me to focus on, uh, you know, on, on my job and on being a football coach. And she did it without, she never complained once. My first job, my first job at Rochester Institute of Technology with a master's degree was for $7,500. And I had a baby on the way. (laughs) It was, it's amazing. She made everything work somehow, some way. 
Yeah. So you're responsible for three of the four Vince Lombardi trophies, obviously the assistant coach with one of them, right. head coach with two um, in an original franchise's history. So what's your legacy? You know, I, I hope it has a lot to do with the J fund, to be honest with you. Um, the J fund foundation comes from the fact that I had a strong safety by the name of Jay McGillis at Boston college who died of leukemia and it was a ravaging, ravaging uh, disease because he, he started 10 games or in those days, maybe nine games. And then all of a sudden he was sick and he was gone in eight months In eight months. So watching his family and what they went through and how they all drop, they don't work. They come to this bedside of the sick child and his, his siblings, he had a sister that worked in a interned in a law office in Washington D.C. Come home and move into the hospital room with him. I mean that that to me. But yeah. watching the family, and I had I had one of uh, my linebackers come to me in the spring and say, "Coach, we got to help the McGill's family." I said, "What do you mean? Sit down." So we talked about bills were mounting up. Nobody was paying any bills. Nobody paying any attention. Which you can imagine what a parent thinks when they're told that 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 those words that your child has cancer. My God, nothing. Nothing would register for forever, you know, and all you want to do is be there for the child. So what the players did is they went out into the community. In those days, we did max lifts. We, we benched, we power cleaned, uh, we, we uh, squatted for max, okay? They went out into the community and got pledges, and at halftime of the spring game, we gave the McGillis family a check for $50,000. Wow. And that's where the idea came for Judy and I that if we ever had a chance to give back, it would, we would give back in the name and spirit of Jay McGillis. And twenty-eight, our 28th Celebrity Golf Classic will be this spring. Our 18th Wine Gala will be this spring. And our next Champions for Children in New York next October will be our 18th of that, all raising money for families who have a child with cancer. And uh, my final question, Eli Manning wrote in the prologue, um, that's why he should be in the Hall of Fame. So what if Canton calls? <laughs> you know, it's something you always dream about. But, you know, I don't have a lot to do with that, obviously. Uh, it's out of the hands of the individual. And uh, it would be a tremendous honor, obviously, because the great ones of the game are at are in Canton, players, coaches, whatever. And uh, so – so be it. Well, Mr. Coughlin, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Danielle. Thank you. All right. Welcome back to the fan, everybody. That was myself with uh, Tom, me and Tom Coughlin. I hate when people say myself. Me and Tom Coughlin recorded it just a few days ago. I mean, how great is he? So if you're looking for something to read, A Giant Win by Tom Coughlin is it for you. You want to relive one of the greatest Super Bowl runs in history. There it is for you. Um, this book might have been my favorite of all the book club books books that I've done, and and no slight against anybody else that I've had on here. This one's just really good. I mean, I laughed, I cried, and it took me right back to that amazing year in my mind as I was reading it. So, um, you know, he said he his love for and his legacy to be the Tom Coughlin J Fund, and he and Judy started it in 1996. Since then, it's raised $15 million to families fighting childhood cancer. So I'm proud to say that the Giants watch party that I had. Um, get for the wild card round. There was a community effort. I mean, my, at Michael's Ross Common House in Belleville, we raised one thousand dollars completely from the other half of the fifty-fifty.
and from a, a percentage of all food and drink sales throughout the course of the game. So just some amazing stuff from Giants fan base, some local businesses, and uh, if you're looking for a place to watch a Giant game next season, that place is it. And by the way, if the Giants had beaten the Eagles, quick shout out, I had a party set up for uh, Bolero Snort Brewery in Karlstadt. So with a fundraiser set, not for the J Fund, but for another Giants-related charity. So thanks to the Eagles, that's not going to happen. But next year, we'll do it, I promise. So thanks to all the callers. I could not have done this without you tonight. I love coming here and talking with you. If you missed any portion of tonight's show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature. Select the start of the show, which is around 8.30. Great job to Paul Rosenberg, to Pete Kennedy tonight, behind the glass, the A-team, and to Kevin Dexter on the updates. And uh, I will see you next weekend. In the meantime, Coach McCartan, Mike Flegelman is up next here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. W-